Hey Hello. girl. <laughs> Jinx. Jinx. Yummy Paloma. Hey. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. Paloma party in this Paloma motherfucker. Party. We're starting off on a great foot. I love it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. How are you, darling? I'm fucking amazing. You look so goddamn cute. I can't handle it. Thank you. It it suddenly turned 4,000 degrees warmer right before I came here. Like out of nowhere. It was literally like a beautiful 65 degree day. And then it was like, hey. I mean, I will always take a hotter day than not because that's I'm very temperature sensitive. Yeah. So a 65 degree without the sun out is... Your jam? Is not my jam. Oh, no. A 75 Oh yeah, very nice. That's very nice. So I went from being very bummy to being like, oh, I can wear a fucking <laughs> dress? Hey, girl. Well, she's wearing the cutest lobster dress you've ever seen, Thank and I love you. it. I'm bumming today. That's my that's my vibe. You're always gorgeous, though. Oh, thanks. Stop it. Uh, also, it's fucking Mother's Day. Hey. Hey, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. To all the mamas out there. Hey. We salute you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Diana, looking at you. You know who you are. Marielena, <laughs> you don't know I do this. <laughs> I'm looking at surprise, you. Surprise, yeah. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> disappointing you by not being a lady yet another year. You're welcome. <laughs> You're the classiest lady I know, Monique. Thank I you. Don't, I don't listen to her. Don't let the outfits fool you. Don't let my lobster dress fool you. <laughs> I was fooled by the lobster dress. I mean, it can do that. Yeah. so cute. Thank I'm obsessed. You. I'm obsessed. Thank you. It's this brand that I love. Effie's Heart. And it's all like a quality jersey. So if you're like me, and there's always breathable, it's breathable. Yeah. And if you have, if you're like me, and like a lot of people were, it's always the like the ten pounds more, the ten pounds girl, less. Preaching to the fucking choir. Girl, yes. But it fits perfect. It uh, like goes with you either way in the ten pounds. That's I'm why obsessed I with fucking that. love this brand. I'm obsessed. With and that. then they have, it's very retro and cute. And it, they do a lot of the like, oh, it's just a print. You're like, no, it's lobsters, actually. Yeah, surprise. So it's definitely my my vibe. I love that. Yeah. I have like a very classy looking button up shirt that has um, like T-Rexes. And I have little, seen like, this. Like velociraptors. Yeah. Or like little stegosauruses. And yeah, I've many times worn it out and people are like, I'm sorry, does your shirt have dinosaurs on it? And I'm like, yes. Yeah, yes. I'm amazing. Get on Because I'm board. fucking great. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> and I never grew up, clearly. So... Yes, I still wear clothes with dinosaurs on them. Uh, same one. Uh, growing up, overrated. Thank you. Yeah, Agreed. Time. Mortgage, Ugh, whatever. Ugh. If I have to pay a mortgage, I want to wear a fucking dinosaur button up. Wear with the what I'm fuck fucking I doing. Want. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Also, in case you don't know, this is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. I'm Amy Trayton. So I went to a couple live shows this week. Girl, because shit's fucking opening back up. I yeah, love it. It's wonderful. We're getting back to normal. So what did you go to? I, I saw some burlesque, which was <gasps> always amazing. A delight. Yes. And I went to go see this show called Haunt Quest <gasps> by Todd Robbins. I don't know what this is, but this sounds right up my alley. Yeah. So I am low-key obsessed with Todd Robbins. Okay. I don't know how to describe him. Or what he does. Oh. He's a performer. He definitely does magic and illusions and things like that. He's okay. also a human blockhead where he nails. Oh. Yep. Oh, he does the nail through I the nasal cavity. I can't take that. I can't take that for one second. But he also is like into dark occulty things and does shows that reflect that. Hey. So I don't really know how to. <laughs> I was like, we're into dark occulty things. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, many moons ago, and there's a thing where like Todd Robbins and my path has like 
consistently crossed several times throughout the entire time that I've lived here. Okay. And where I keep meeting him and, and... Oh, you've actually personally met him? Yes, I've personally <gasps> met him multiple times. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's weird to be like... Yeah, I know I'm him. low-key obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he also hosted a show on... I think it was on ID? Oh, shit. Okay. And it was like... About like... Nightmare. It was about like murders. It was like about everything that we do. It was like that kind of stuff. One of us. One of us. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> you don't know how much Todd is one of us. So many moons ago, he did this show, which is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. It was called Play Dead. And uh, Teller of Penn and Teller yeah, fame shit. Okay. directed the show. Oh, wow. And it was incredible. And it was one of those shows that even though it was like on like West 4th Street... AK, for those who don't live in New York, not in the theater district. Yeah. It was in the village. Like, literally every week, it'd be like Steve Martin's in the audience and Alan Rickman's in the audience, like, because it was incredible. Oh my God, yes. So, whenever he does a thing, I'm like, I need to go see this thing. Yeah. Because we're very simpatico. So, I went to see the show Haunt Quest. I had no idea what it was about, but I'm like, Todd Robbins is doing it, so I'm fucking here for it. Sold, yeah. Sold. And it was a thing that I was kind of waiting for the gimmicky thing to happen. Okay. And it just never did. But it like was a really beautiful evening because of it. Interesting. Okay. Can so you, yeah. I was like, can you describe it without going, kind of, like it, giving anything away? Or like, what was the vibe of, of the show? Was it a, it was a performance. Yes. It's a performance. Okay. But it's kind of like a group seance. Oh. Uh, I think that's all I'm, I can say about it. Like, you kind of just have to go if you're in New York. I think they extended it to June or July. So if you can get to New York, like, come check it out. It's called Haunt Quest. You had me at seance, girl. I'm on board for this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not what you think a seance traditionally is. Okay. But it is some sort of communing with the dead type? Yes. Performance? Okay. That for a lot of it is very personal oh to you but i love that that was my favorite part of in and of itself was the- exactly exactly yes exactly. Yes, yes, yes yes that's a great adjacent type. adjacent like very like several blocks away adjacent okay like not across the street but adjacent, we're in the neighborhood in the neighborhood yeah. adjacent okay and something that i i learned from another magician person as i'm someone who gets called out a lot to be the volunteer. Yes. And something that was... Uh, because one, you look gorgeous. And two, you just seem like you're up for a good time. So you're like, yeah, let's bring this girl on stage. She's going to be amazing. Let's do Basically, this. Basically. Yes. So like industry secret that I found out. I was like, yeah, you pick the cutest girl because that's who you want everyone looking at. Yeah. You don't want look, everyone looking at someone who looks terrible. Exactly. So like, oh shit. And I was wearing this like vintage dress, my hair, like a... It, it, and it's one of those things because that always happens to me and because I have the aesthetic that I have, people think I, that I'm a plant. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I'm not. So I, I just was, show up like this. I just, hey, I, look, I did not wake up like this. <laughs> I spent three hours to look like this. So afterwards, I chatted with Todd to be like, that was really beautiful and I really loved it. And, and, and how I'd seen play dead and I ha- had auditioned for another show that he does at this other place. And he's like, oh yes, of course, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of casually mentioned, I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I have this podcast, another fucking horror podcast. And he goes, oh, of course, I love you guys. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. Wait. I know. I know. And he follows us on Instagram now. And he follows like 200 people. And he has way more followers than that. And we're one of them. 
You just gave me full fucking body chills, Monique. What are you? Wait, he, I know he knows like, who we are. Like independently of you, knows he, who we are and like listens to us. He doesn't. He didn't really know who I was. Like like when I was like, oh yes, yes, yes. Like <gasps> we've met this and this and this. But he was like, oh, of course, I I love you guys. You can't see my face right now, but I am losing my fucking shit right now. I Monique, know. I know, I know. You just literally made my week. That's the coolest fucking thing I've ever heard. Like, no, what? for real. Stop. And then I texted, a, and he was, I texted a friend of mine about that. And she was like, oh my God, you're famous. I was like, shut the fuck oh up. God, you're like literally on Broadway. So <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, but nobody knows who I am. I'm like, <laughs> so Todd Robbins knows who I am and it's, and knows who we are. And it's pretty bananas. And you guys should all know who Todd Robbins is. Yeah, he's fuck. fucking really cool. And yeah, he was the host of ID's True Nightmares. That sounds and it's vaguely familiar. Everything we're about. Ah, oh, fuck yes. It like came out like four years ago. All right. Like, I think like 2016, like four or five <gasps> years ago. And it's literally our whole vibe, everything we're about. Yes. So if you are, if you listen to us, you would absolutely be about True Nightmares on investigation discovery fuck yes yeah check and that shit out yeah it's like and they do like the reenactments are you know oh girl you have to, okay <laughs> you have to have a terrible reenactment otherwise what is the point of having the show if i can't Literally. laugh at the awful reenactment like for what sure. did i even show up for exactly but his vibe is very like when you see it you'll be like oh i see why okay. monique's like low-key obsessed with him <laughs> like yes i am exactly. so excited i have yeah. to check him out because obviously i was not aware and yeah. now that i know that he's aware of us like yeah he's fuck. really fucking cool and Todd. just lovely and sweet and gave me like a little insider intel on like an upcoming show and i was like oh, oh my shit. god it's all very exciting that is super it exciting made my fucking week for Hell sure. yeah that made my weekend it didn't even happen to me it did it it Vicariously. Vicariously yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, you were included in it. Thanks. You're part of another fucking horror podcast. I am. Shocking case you didn't way. know. Hey. <laughs> hey, I am. That's me. You sure are. <laughs> I'm this girl. Hi. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very exciting. <gasps> That's super exciting. Yeah. Oh. So are tickets to the show still available? Still They having... sure are. Um, He's playing at Soho Playhouse. Thank you. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. It's at Soho Playhouse. And they tend to do deals regularly like i know they were doing a deal not that long ago of if you could show proof of vaccination they'd give you 30 percent off a ticket oh hell yeah so but it was really unexpected and really cool and creepy and beautiful (gasps) cool and creepy is my fucking sweet spot man yes yeah and and like i said because i i'm very familiar with his work i was waiting for like the gimmick the like, thing. This yeah. is where like a person pops out or this is where like uh, a thing. And it just never happened. And what happened was just something way more personal and way more beautiful. That sounds amazing. I love yeah. that. People well, go check it out. Go check it out. Yeah. And if you're not in New York, um watch True one, Nightmares. that's a bummer. Yeah. Because then we can't hang out. But watch True Nightmare. Like I watched a like a little bit of a first episode. I'm like, oh, did this you? is everything. <laughs> I'm here for this. I am so fucking here for this. I made my fucking week. I fucking love that, dude. Yeah. That's fucking so great. It's really cool. And ah. then, like, it was, like, the next day, like, the Todd Robbins is following you. And it's like, oh, my God. Squeeze. Love it. Yeah. And when it's someone who, like, follows, like, 250 people and has, like, 1,500 followers, 
You're like, but you're one of the two hundred. Special. Like, um, I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> NBD. Like, I don't know if you knew me, but like, I don't know if you knew me. Yeah, and if if you are, especially if you are in the like, I don't want to say the underworld because that's not. Oh, I love. I, that's not right, but I love it. You could say that. <laughs> but if Keep you. It. If you are, like, not, like, a traditional performer, so if you do, like, magic or circus or burlesque or any of that, okay, you, you definitely know who Todd Robbins is. Fuck yeah, all right. You absolutely know who he is. Like, he's definitely a big deal. Yeah. So it's really wild that he knows who we are. And I can't. really fucking cool. I can't handle it. I, like, literally I kind of think you're pulling my leg just to, like... I'm so not. <laughs> I'm a good actor, but I'm not that good, and... I don't know if you can hear the smile from ear you to ear. You sound giddy, yeah. But I'm so giddy. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. Todd, thank you. That made my fucking week. Thank you, Todd. Love <laughs> you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I don't even know where to go from here. I'm just so I'm just so excited. I'm like still kind of like shell shocked from Thanks this. Thanks for like, listening, what? guys. Amazing. You can find us on Instagram. I know, right, we're done. That's it. Show over. That's all we needed to tell you. That's this all week. we need to tell you. Todd Robbins knows who, who we are. Whatever. Holy fuck. Mm-hmm. That's fucking amazing. He also has a podcast where he just talks about weird shit. Fuck yeah. What's it called? Abnormal Seed Podcast. Yeah. I love that. What the fuck else do you need, right? Oh, that's perfect. So fucking rad. Perfect. I was like, you told me this in the beginning and now I don't know how to recover from my <laughs> I know, right? I should have saved it for the end. Um, she surprised me at the end with that. I should have saved it for the end after the awful story that's no. coming. <laughs> When everyone's just like having to drink themselves to recover and to get through it. And you're like, and China's still terrible in case you don't uh, fucking know. Speaking of, yeah. you can actually, if you feel inclined, <gasps> donate at that website, which is ntransplantabuse.org. Amazing. Which, if you donate, I'm going to give you a little heads up. As I found, you are donating in Australian dollars and not American dollars when you go and donate. So... The transfer rate for that is it is 75 cents American dollar to a dollar uh, Australian. So 100 Australian dollars is 75 bucks. Basically. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Uh, I'm going to put that on the Instagram. Thank you so much, Amy. Of course. So yeah, if you were as horrified by Monique's story last week as I was, please go to ntransplantabuse.org and donate to help end and the forest. Yeah. <laughs> to end the forest harvesting of organs in China because that is super fucked up and we don't want that. So yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for that. Of course, of course. I was very upset and I literally was like, no, I like, I know that I can't go to China and fight transplant abuse myself, but like right. the very least I could do is send some money. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I know that that one might've been a, a bridge too far. No, girl, we needed to know. Yeah. I, I got a couple said. of texts being like, I'm going to need a little bit of a break from the show. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it. Mine was really like rough too. It was like, not like people of earth, like fun aliens. Ha ha. Like no, it was like, shit's real. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. But, <laughs> you know, this urban legend really, it was interesting to me. And uh, I didn't know what I was in for when I researched it. And I definitely didn't think that this was a systemic widespread thing in this country and in, um, in China. But it's also a thing that as someone who prior to this, uh, going on this endeavor of this, of making this podcast, and when I had time to listen to other podcasts, I didn't hear about that anywhere else. Yeah, no, you know? never. So it it is a good thing to have, to bring that awareness, if that's even my my little contribution. Yes, um, I agree. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad I know about that now. Because yeah. it's fucked up. I had no Same. idea. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's that thing like now, now you can't I, not know. 
I will never forget this. This will haunt my dreams. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah, anything else? I actually have a cor- a slight correction for last week for my story. So in the beginning of my story, I say the correct information, which is that Terry Lovelace was the assistant attorney general. And at uh-huh. the end of my story, I fuck up and I say he is a DA, assistant right? district attorney, which is not nearly as impressive. Sorry, district attorneys. No offense. Yeah. But the attorney general is a far more prestigious position than just a district yeah. attorney. So apologies. They're both different. Yes. They're both, they're both important, but they're both very different. Very different. So yes. apologies. Terry Lovelace was an assistant attorney general, not an assistant district attorney. So yes, slight clarification there. But otherwise, yeah, that's it. That's all my corrections. Great. Week. Do you have a... <laughs> Do you have a mysterious, unusual, spooky, intriguing story for me? I don't know what adjective you want to use. I'm going to say all the above. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Checking all my boxes this week, Monique. I love it. Goddamn right. So it's Mother's Day. And in case... Oh my god. Are you making a themed episode? Theme adjacent. Theme adjacent. Hey. Okay. In case you shit the bed and you forgot it was Mother's Day or you just like sat on it and you didn't get a gift... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> call your mom first of all just one, call your mom. drop everything she didn't drink or smoke for nine months to have you which as i feel like any of us can attest to is not the easiest thing to do so no yeah so minimum give her a phone call if you're thinking if you're like fuck you're scrambling you need a gift i'm gonna give you a suggestion <gasps> of what not to give her oh fuck okay <laughs> I was like ready to take notes and I'm like, oh no, okay. No, no not- I mean, I haven't met Diana yet. I've only met her via the gram. She's lovely. She She's deserves lovely. nothing but love and happiness. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do this, to this I would never do Diana. Okay. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Dibbit box. Oh shit. Okay. Get ready, girl. I was like, unless this is a dick in a box, I'm not here for it, Monique. I mean, that's the only thing I want to That's box. the only. <laughs> it's not severed for the record. It is attached. It is. Of course. Yes. Even when I get my Amazon packages, I don't want them in the box if there's not a fucking dick. I was like, please do not send us a dick in a box to our P.O. box. We will be very upset. I didn't even think of that. Now we're just going to get like made, Girl, like, I huge think... dildos. Oh, wait, you can totally send that to the P.O. box. I didn't say that. That's hysterical. Oh my God. Um, if anyone sends us a dildo... I, that would be so fucking funny. I wouldn't even be able to handle it. I mean, Instagram's always really close to shutting us down, but I will absolutely... <laughs> that, that would push them over the edge. They'd be yeah. like, all right. No, it's no, like, no. you put up a picture of a dildo. How, how, how actually dare you? Dare you? <laughs> oh. All right. Tell me about your box, Monique. You're not. <laughs> I'm never ready. <laughs> Our mothers would be so proud of us. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is specifically why my mother doesn't know I have this podcast. <laughs> She'd be fucking horrified. So, starting off with sources. Paranormal.lovetoknow.com Eonline.com BBC.com The TV show Paranormal Adventures, which we will fucking get to. (laughs) Oh shit. You know it's gonna be good. Oh, girl. TMZ BloodyDisgusting.com Web.archive.com MySanAntonio.com And latimes.com. All right. All right. The story of the Dybbuk box began in 2003 when Kevin Manis listed a seemingly innocuous item on eBay. The item in question was a simple wooden wine box that contained several items. One 1928 U.S. wheat penny, one 1925 U.S. wheat penny, 
one small lock of blonde hair bound with a string, one small lock of black-brown hair bound with a string, one small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters that spelled out shalom, which means peace be with you, or peace, one dried rosebud, one golden wine cup, and one black cast iron candlestick holder with octopus legs. Oh, that actually sounds pretty dope. Yeah, it's cute. However, it wasn't the old-fashioned cabinet and the trinkets within that interested potential buyers, but the convincing story Manus included in the item description, chronicling a series of horrific events upon its acquisition that caught people's attention. (gasps) Oh, shit. Girl. Hell yeah. The listing began with Kevin Manus writing, quote, All of the events that I'm about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I'm including as part of the sale of the cabinet, end quote. Damn. Right? All right. So he's like, he's not fucking around. No, he's in this for real world. Yeah. He's like, I've got the fucking receipts, bitch. Literally, I have the fucking receipts. Yeah. According to Manus, he purchased the box from the granddaughter of its original owner at an estate sale in Portland, Oregon in September 2001. The items liquidated at this sale were from the estate of a woman who had passed away at the age of 103, which, get it. Damn. All right. She had been born in Poland, where she grew up, married, raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Fuck. She was the only member of her family who survived the camp. Her parents, brothers, sister, husband, two sons, and daughter were all killed. Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Like, just to go through that and also lose everyone you everything. care about. Like, oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like, what we won't do to each other. Seriously, yeah, it's Jesus. fucking enraging. She survived the camp by escaping with some other prisoners and somehow making her way to Spain where she lived until the end of the war. There, she acquired the small wine cabinet, and it was one of only three items that she brought with her when she immigrated to the United States. Manis owned a small furniture refinishing shop at the time and wanted to find something that he could work on to later give to his mother as a birthday gift, so he purchased the wine cabinet. The seller claimed that her grandmother was adamant about keeping the box locked and never, ever opening it. Manis asked if she would like to open the box with him, and she said no, as her grandmother had been very emphatic and serious when she instructed her not to do so, and she wanted to honor her grandmother's wishes. Oh, shit. See, I'm also like, this, these are, like, do people, are they colorblind? Do they not see red flags? Like, what is happening? Right? I'm like, no, then cool. I don't need the fucking box. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. We can sell that real quick. Make a pretty penny. Like, then it's out of our lives. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. She also said her grandmother insisted that it contained a dibbik, though neither of them knew at the time what that meant. Dibbik comes from a Hebrew word meaning to cling. And in Jewish folklore, it usually refers to a malevolent wandering spirit (gasps) that torments victims and can even possess them until it is removed via traditional exorcism. Oh, shit. After he placed the winning bid, Manus was approached by a woman who said to him, quote, I see you've bought the Dybbuk box, end quote. And thinking it was a family heirloom, Manus offered to give it back to her, like, like keep the money. Yeah. I don't want to take an heirloom from her. From She's like, you. no, 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 you can have that shit. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> the woman ran away crying, explaining <gasps> that she never wanted to see the fucking box again. She's like, fucking, like, no, 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 wipe no, no, my no, hands no, no. this. Like, that's your I do your not problem. fucking want this. Ooh. 
and crying girl that's i would have burned that thing immediately i'm like i this woman no 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 red red flag flag literally guys uh not fix of blaming but red flag read the signs can't see the red colored flags for your rose tinted glasses yeah i mean facts yeah he was just like great i'm gonna nail this mother's day gift or whatever birthday (laughs) gift i'm gonna nail it Manus took the cabinet to his business and put it in the basement workshop where he intended to refinish it before gifting it to his mother. He opened the shop for the day and went to run some errands, leaving the young woman who did sales in charge. Half an hour into his errands, Manus got a panicked phone call from his employee claiming that someone was in the basement workshop breaking glass and screaming obscenities and that the intruder had locked the iron security gates and the emergency exit so she couldn't get out. Holy fuck. Just as Manus instructed her to call the police, his cell phone went dead. So he raced back to the shop to find the gates were indeed locked. And once inside, he found his employee on the floor in the corner of his office sobbing. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, not what you want to deal with as an employer. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is fucking nuts. He went downstairs to the basement workshop and was hit with an overpowering and unmistakable odor of cat urine. Oof. Which was odd because he never kept any animals in the shop, and none had ever been, like, randomly found there. Yeah. Ammonia has a very strong cat odor. Hmm. Fun fact for you. The more you know. And H3. Knock that, knock that shit up. Yeah. Look at that. Using your chemistry I degree. Oh, God. It's like <laughs> the two things that I wouldn't leave my brain. Thanks. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got for you. Sorry. He tried to turn on the lights, but they didn't work because all of the light bulbs had been broken. All nine incandescent bulbs had been broken in their sockets. Damn. And ten four-foot fluorescent tubes were lying shattered on the floor. Also, no intruder was found, which given that the basement only had one entrance... It would have been impossible for anyone to leave without Manus meeting them head on. Yeah, fuck. He went back up to speak with the salesperson, but she had already left and never returned to work despite working for him for two years. She fucking saw some shit. She was like, I can't even explain this. Like, I'm just going to quit this job and move on with my life. Like, basically. To this day, that employee refuses to talk about what happened there. Saw some shit. Nope. If someone just nopes out of there. You know some shit went down. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. And she's sobbing when you show up. Yeah. Oh my oh. God. No, no, no. No, 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 no. On October 31st, 2001, Manus's mother came by the shop to meet up for her birthday lunch. Before they left, he gifted her the wine cabinet, which she seemed to like. While she examined it, Manus made a quick phone call. Less than five minutes later, one of his employees ran in saying that there was something wrong with his mother. <gasps> when he went back to see what had happened, He found her sitting in a chair next to the cabinet with no facial expression, but tears streaming down her face. What the fuck? And no matter how hard Manus tried to get her to respond, she could not. His mother had suffered a stroke that (gasps) resulted in partial paralysis and her losing her ability to speak, which she has since regained. Thank God. Holy shit. During this time... She could understand what was being said to her, and because she couldn't speak, she would respond by pointing to letters on an alphabet to spell out the words that she wanted to say. When he asked her the following day how she was doing, she teared up and spelled out the words, no gift. (gasps) When 
Manus assured her that he had given her a gift for her birthday, thinking no, that no. she was saying, like, that she didn't remember. She was like, no, I don't want this fucking gift. She became even more upset and spelled out the words, hate gift. <gasps> I just Damn. gave myself chills. I know, right? Fuck. He laughed, which, I mean, Ugh. okay. <laughs> All right, yeah. I guess, yeah. Maybe that's the dynamic. Sure. I don't know. Like, ah, ha, ha, you hate the gift. You silly goose, you. And told her not to worry, that he was sorry she didn't like the cabinet, and that he would get her anything she wanted as long as she promised to get better soon. Which, cute. Okay, that's cute. I like that. On the same day his mother had her stroke, the lease to Manus' store was abruptly terminated without cause. Weird. Weird. This would mark the beginning of an endless odyssey of re-gifting the cursed box to friends and relatives, all of whom found it impossible to keep the evil item for more than a few weeks and would eventually return it to Manus. Oh, shit. Like, take this fucking thing back. I don't even want to fucking see this anymore. He gave the cabinet to his sister. She kept it for a week. Then she gave it back, complaining that she couldn't get the doors to stay closed and that they kept coming open. The thing is, there's no springs in the door mechanism and Manus had never had an issue with the doors coming open. And if you see the box, it's it's a small box, but um, it's about, what would you say, like two... Two, three two feet? feet? Yeah. Uh, two, three feet tall and like, it's like a rectangular box. And it has two doors at the top, like a wardrobe that you would open. It's like a little wine cabinet? Kind yeah. of? Yeah. And then it has like one drawer at the bottom. And when you open the two doors at the top, the drawer at the bottom opens at the same time. Oh, okay. I gotcha. But it's this like sturdy piece of craftsmanship. Yeah. Like it, the doors close no problem. So it's very odd that she's like, I literally can't keep these doors closed. Then he gave it to his brother and his wife, who kept it for three days before returning it. His brother said that it smelled like jasmine flowers, while his wife insisted that it smelled of cat urine. Ah, there you go. This is what you call a pattern. Yeah. Manus then gave it to his girlfriend. Okay, stop giving it to people in your family. Yes. Clearly they don't. Something's up with this fucking cabinet. They keep giving it back to you and saying shit's wrong with it. Like, maybe stop gifting it to people you love. Yeah. Not that you should just, like, gift it to strangers because fuck them. But, like... Give it to your worst enemy. Seriously! (laughs) Anybody but the people you love who are in your fucking family. Like, come on. Yeah. Give your mom a fucking stroke. Yes, but he's not putting any of this together. No, I know. Obviously. No. Right. He would not see the red flags. He does not. No. So yeah, so Manus gives it to his girlfriend, who had it for two days before asking him to sell it, which he did the very same day that she asked to a nice middle-aged couple. Three days later... (laughs) I immediately brought it back. (laughs) Three days later, he goes to open up his shop, and he found the cabinet sitting on the front (gasps) doors of his shop with a note that read, quote, This has a bad darkness. End quote. Oh, they were like, we don't even want our fucking money back. Just get this out of our sight. Like, that's when you know it's bad. So he took the box home. Burn that motherfucker. Put it in the dumpster. You have a fucking refurnishing shop. You don't have a dumpster in your back thing. How much did you pay for this fucking box? Seriously. You're not like, I really invested in this. I guess it's like a relic from World War II. I guess that's why we're so sentimental about it. Is that the reason? If that's the case, then why are you giving it to everyone? Uh, Yeah, I guess so. It's very true. So he brings the box home because literally no one's fucking with this box. (laughs) And he's like, I guess I'll take it back. He's like, I guess, fine. 
And it's fine. It's not like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen that you're like, I need to fucking hold on to this. I was going to say, is it like super intricately carved? No, or no. like, what is the, what is so special about this box that we need to keep it? Unless it's just the demon being like, don't get rid of it. I know. <laughs> you literally can't get rid of it. So you may you, only pass it from one person to another. Maybe it's like the fucking, like the ring tape. Yeah. All right. Shit. But he's also not putting this together. No. He's not putting any of this together. You're like, why does nobody like my box? I mean, insert dirty joke. (laughs) (laughs) Do what you will with that statement. (laughs) All right. Nobody likes Kevin's box. (laughs) No one likes Kevin's box. And Kevin doesn't know why and he's not putting it together. (laughs) It smells like cat piss, okay? (laughs) Girl. We don't know how many times we need to tell you, Kevin, but like, clean your box, Jesus. Clean your box. Since then, he started having the same recurring nightmare. Oh, never a good sign. No, girl. He said, quote, I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of the person that I'm with. It is then that I realize that there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I'm with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. The hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. What? Yep. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night. End note. And again, important to note... Manus is not connecting any of this crazy shit to the cabinet. He's like, it's weird that I'm getting these dreams where this old woman beats the shit out of me. And, and it's recurring. Yeah. Also, like, what a dream. Like, girl. I, <laughs> I can understand a dream where somebody beats the shit out of you, but, like, for it to be an old woman and you to be... That it's someone you know. Yeah. And then they turn into, like... Into this, like, hag who just fuck, fucking... Beats the fuck out of you. you. Yeah, no. Girl. My God, just like get American history decks by a fucking tag. Fuck no. No, thank you. A month later, his sister, brother, and sister-in-law all spend the night at Manus's house. The following morning during breakfast, his sister complained that she had a horrible nightmare. (gasps) One she had a couple times before where a friend turned into a gruesome evil hag and beat the shit out of her. That's so terrifying. Manus's brother and his wife froze as they listened and then chimed in that they had both had the exact same dreams during the night as well. As they talked and traded experiences, it became clear that the common denominator was that each of them had had the nightmare during the times that the cabinet was in their respective (gasps) homes. Fuck, dude. That's so fucking creepy. Can you fucking Uh, imagine? No. God. I was like, but let me guess. Manus is still like, eh, it's weird. He's starting to put two and two together. Now. Okay. It's only like months and months. I know, right? I was like, he's finally, finally like, I'm having like, a dream too. Think weird. Uh, there might be something here. I'm sensing a common denominator. Huh. Oh, Manus. Manus. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, little silly Billy you. Kevin, I just want to just pat him on the head <laughs> and give him a kiss on his forehead and be like, oh, you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Oh. Or is it? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> During the following week, Manus started seeing shadow figures in his peripheral vision Mm-mm. with the numerous visitors to his home also stating that they had seen shadow people. Nope. 
That's going to be a hard nope. That's a fucking hard no. Absolutely. To get this evil energy out of his house, he put the cabinet in an outside storage unit, but was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went (gasps) off in the middle of the night. What? When he went to see what was burning, he opened the door and didn't see any smoke. He did, however, get hit with the pungent odor of cat urine. Ugh. He went back inside, and then the smell was there in his house, even though he does not and never has owned a cat. Oh, that's such a fucking strong yeah. white odor too. Like, whoa. And it's interesting because traditionally with demons, the... It's like sulfur, right? It's sulfur. It's like rotten, rotten, yeah, rotten eggs. eggs. Yeah. So I've never heard cat urine, but that is a very specific smell. For sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. He went back outside, grabbed the cabinet, and brought it into the house and tried to research it on the internet. While giving it a goog and surfing the web, he fell asleep and once again had the same nightmare. Yep. He woke up at around 4.30 a.m. to the feeling of someone breathing on his neck. <gasps> Can you imagine? I would literally run out of my house and never stop running. Yeah, basically. I'd be yeah. like, no, no, no. This is where you like Amityville horror the house that you leave all of your possessions there and you're like, I don't need that. That's I'm fine. I'm, yeah. I'm out. Bye. And set a fire before I leave. Like, we're good. Exactly. Goodbye. Bring a priest. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. No. Bye. Nope. His house now smelled of jasmine flowers, which the brother which the, uh, had yeah. said that he smells that. Which I would take over cat piss, but like still. For sure. Yeah. And a huge shadow making its way down the hall away from him. <gasps> Fuck no. Running. Fuck no. And I would never stop. Kevin, you in danger, girl. Right? Get the fuck out of there. Get out of your house. In the listing, he said, quote, I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I'm afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come with the cabinet may just stay here with me. Ooh. Which, that's a fair that's point. Fair. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get that. I have been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you're one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. End quote. Damn. Yeah, like, do you exercise the box? Do you just, like, bury it? Is there, like, a... I mean, yeah. He's like, someone else knows and they can figure the fuck out. This is not my problem anymore. Like, I want to wash my hands of this. Yeah. I don't blame him. Fuck. For sure. Also, really important to note, Manus put no sale price and no minimum bid amount on this item. What? So this isn't like, I'm adding a spooky story to like hike up the price. He's like, literally, Literally if you want it for a penny, fucking take it. Take it. it. I don't want this I don't want this. Damn. Yeah. That's a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's... That's very telling. It's very telling. Exactly. He just genuinely seems to want to get this thing the fuck out of his house. Yeah. Like, your problem now. Exactly. He's like, I just don't want this thing here. On June 14th, 2003, Manus added this to the listing. Quote, For those of you wanting to know if I'm still experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I thought everything was going to be okay until I got home on Friday, the 13th of June, and found that the fish in my freshwater aquarium, all 10, were dead. (gasps) I'm still hoping that all of this is coincidental crap. End quote. Ugh. 
I mean, that fishies. Denial's a hell of a drug. Yeah, for real. But not girl. just a river in Egypt. Yeah. Hey. 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 Later that month, the item sold for 140 bucks. All right. Which, that's pretty know, good. Especially since there you was no... You could have bought that shit for a penny, so nice. Literally. I yeah. Mean, people were into this. With the highest bidder being a Missouri college student named Yosef Nitska. And it wasn't long before the student started experiencing strange things. And eight months later, relisted the item on eBay, claiming that he too was being afflicted by the curse. In his listing, he wrote of problems like insomnia and illness among his college roommates, strange odors in the house, a bug infestation, malfunctioning electronic devices, and, quote, sort of like large vertical dark blurs in my peripheral vision, end quote. No fucking thank you. shadow people. Fuck no. No. When the student's hair started falling out in clumps, <gasps> he decided to get rid of the box and relist it on the same site he acquired it, concluding his listing not too differently from Manus's. He said, quote, Anyhow, for personal reasons, I very strongly do not want this box anymore. I hope there's someone on eBay that will take this thing off my hands. I would just throw it away in the woods or something, but I know there has been some interest in it in the past. End quote. Jason Haxton, a college museum director who collects religious paraphernalia, heard about the box through a student employee at his museum who also happened to be Nitska's roommate. Oh, shit. Okay. So in February 2004, Haxton placed the winning bid of $280, so he doubled his money. Yeah, shit. In the eBay auction, intending to give the box to a friend who's an illusionist who wanted to use it in his act. But the friend refused to take it. Really? He's like, "Uh, okay. No, I'm not fucking with this. It would be during Jason Haxton's ownership that the box would achieve international notoriety. Haxton approached his ownership of the Dibbit box with curiosity and a healthy dose of skepticism. He quickly learned, however, there might be truth to the stories surrounding the item. The day after the box arrived in Haxton's home, he woke up with his right eye swollen and bloodshot looking like it had been poked. Damn. Yeah. Immediately after, he began experiencing a host of disturbing issues, including prophetic dreams, health problems such as vision loss, choking, constant nasal congestion, and a cough, a metallic taste in his mouth that lasted for weeks, sudden welts and hives, and shadow figures that floated across the floor and along the walls, which, no fucking thank you. All of this was a no for me. Like, no, this all sounds fucking terrible. No. For what? So I could be like, I own a fucking hundred white Yeah, no. But for you, no. You're going to have welts and a fucking metallic taste in your mouth for weeks? Go to fucking Ikea, buy a box, and be like, it's haunted. Yeah, right? just tell your friends, whatever. You don't need to fucking go through this. You don't need to put in the work like that. No. You don't get an award for this. No. No. Around the house, Haxton said he occasionally smelled the signature odors of cat urine and flowers. Yummy. Ugh. Ugh. And here's the thing. Jason Haxton is well-respected in his field, and he travels the world speaking about medical history and museum artifacts. Like, he's not a fucking quack. He's not woo-woo. He's the museum director at A.T. Still University Museum of Osteopathic Medicine. Yeah, this guy seems legit. He doesn't seem like he's fucking... Right. Oh, get a haunted box. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Or or he could even be like, oh, well, yeah, let's get this haunted box, whatever. But yeah. him saying all this other shit happened to him, I'm inclined to believe him. I believe him, yeah. Yeah. 
He said, quote, the day it arrived, I put my hands on it and it almost feels like the thing collapses into a liquid state. <gasps> I feel like a... What the fuck? I don't even fuck... I read that sentence so many times. I'm like, I don't even know what the what fuck that, that means. means. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fucking weird. That's so eerie. Yeah. I feel like a knife is coming into my gut. <gasps> I'm paralyzed in pain. When I go to bed, I have terrible dreams of a hag that seems to come with a box, end quote. This bitch. This fucking bitch. <laughs> bitch, get your box out of here. I don't want to fucking deal with it anymore. No like, one wants no. your rank-ass box. Right. <laughs> Literally smells of cat piss. Literally. Get out of here. <laughs> your rank-ass box. I love that so much. Haxton continued, quote, I didn't think it was possible. I was too science-based. All I knew is I got this thing and I got very ill. I don't know what happened. I still don't know. End quote. <sighs> so they get you when you're yes. like, no, I believe in science. This could never happen. And then it's like, bitch, you're haunted. 10,000%. There's this saying, I don't know where it originated from, but it's, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, that it was like, the biggest trick the devil ever did was convincing everyone he didn't exist. exist. And I feel that so viscerally of... I do kind of... I'm kind of with you on that one on this one, for sure. Yeah. I think there are things that we have become very rational about that are not To the point that that we, yes, will not even entertain the possibility. How many fucking things Literally, like, every single person. And he's like, no. And, like, every single person has the same fucking dream from this, the same fucking experiences, and we're like, no. Everyone's making it up. You're all full of shit. Or like, what a quinky dink. No. So weird. No. I've never had a dream of a hag. Literally ever in my life. Yes. Something is going on here. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, I might tonight. <laughs> you, definitely, you definitely are. It's going to be me. I'm going to turn into a hag. I'm just straight up. You're like, Amy, how good you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And because Haxton is a man of science and he's a fucking smart cookie. Yeah. He tested the box for heavy metals such as mercury and even biohazards. Okay. To see if that's Maybe he's got mercury poisoning. Yeah. That's really smart. That would have never even occurred to me. Yeah. No, me neither. I would have just been like, this is haunted as fuck. Get the fuck away. Get this away from me. Yeah. But all of the tests came back negative. Damn fucking straight. Haxton also spoke to both rabbis and scientists who advised him of the same thing. Put the box in a wooden container lined with gold to neutralize its destructive force. Okay, because I just have a bunch of fucking gold-lined boxes lying around. Like, I don't have the money for this, but can I bury it in the concrete or something? Come on. He runs a museum. Like, he's a museum director at, like, a university, so I'm guessing he has some cash. I don't know. I, you know, I I don't know what the... I don't know how big this box is, really, either. It's it's really... The box to put it in, I don't know how much gold you're going to need for that. Anyway. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, they could probably, like, do, like, a gold leaf. Like, not, like, a solid, like, Ark of the Covenant Indiana Jones situation. (laughs) Just, like, gold foil that bitch on the inside. You're fine. Yeah. All right. Okay. I I see where we're going with this, yeah? Pour some gold sugar on it. Like, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to be demonically possessed, but I'm also, like, on a fucking budget. That's what what I'm saying. Like, I don't have money to fucking... (laughs) Can I bury it in, like, the ground or something? Like, I don't know. We're getting there. Okay. So he lined it with gold to neutralize its destructive force, be it an evil spirit or an electromagnetic field. So he does line it in gold. He does. So he gets another box Damn. that he lines with gold and then he puts the this big box, box in it. it. 
Haxton seals the box in an acacia wood arc lined with 24 karat gold, and his medical problems immediately disappeared. Ah, I mean, that. Well, also to be fair, okay. Haxton put this together much quicker than Jason did. Yeah, he definitely did. Manus was not no. nailing it. No, no, no. Well, again, this is a man of science, so he's rational. This, he's yeah. like, okay, this is the new... There's a causation yes. correlation to yes, this. Yes, for sure. Um, Haxton then put the box inside a military-grade shockproof container and buried it where no one could find it. Yes. That's correct. Yes. Correct. Get this thing the fuck away from everybody. Yeah. Like, good for him. That's why people are like, let's find the Ark of the Covenant. I'm like, I've seen Indiana Jones. I've seen Raiders. Uh, why the fuck do we want to find that? I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah. I'm not going to look in there. If a Nazi wants to, have at it. <laughs> Go for it. You can melt your fucking face off all day. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking look at this. That's on you. Bye. He told mysanantonio.com because he's from San Antonio. So they're like, our native son has an yeah. evil box. It's <laughs> basically what the article is. I mean, sure. Great. So he told mysanantonio.com, quote, it's safe. Thousands of people are begging to take it off my hands at any price, but it's not ethical for me to sell it. It's not for sale. End quote. Okay. Wait. Oh, <laughs> until he sells it. All right. Yeah. It's still buried at this point though, correct? It's buried. Okay. Yes. In November 2011, Haxton published his book, The Dybbuk Box, which put the haunted wine cabinet back in the public consciousness, reviving the original story and adding to it his experiences that he had during his time with the object. Although he never planned on writing the book by himself, after going through multiple co-authors, he realized the undertaking was meant to be his alone. Haxton said, quote, I had no choice but to do it on my own. My last co-author was a brilliant paranormal writer who completely broke down when the curse followed him home and manifested in him, his kids, and his house. Once he sent back all the material I gave him and stopped working on the book, everything returned to normal. Wow. This guy didn't even come in contact no, with the box. He just, literally... just the story of it. Damn. He still refuses to speak of it. <gasps> End quote. That gave me chills. Same. Oof. Yeah. Haxton's experience would eventually find its way to Hollywood, serving as the basis for Olay Bordadol's 2012 film, The Possession. Oh, okay. Starring Kira Sedgwick and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. While promoting the film on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, Jeffrey Dean Morgan reported that strange incidents took place during the production that couldn't be explained. Lights exploded repeatedly during the filming of key scenes. <gasps> Which happened in the basement. Exactly. Yep. I, you know, I didn't even fucking put that together. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. With one of the neon lights exploding while it was turned off. <gasps> oh, weird. Exactly. Yeah. The cast and crew reported feeling cold gusts of air, even though no doors were open. And just two days after wrapping principal photography, all of the props of the film, which had been stored in case of reshoots, were destroyed in a fire. The investigation determined that the cause of the blaze wasn't electrical and wasn't arson, and that it had started from within the storage house. What do you even put on your report? Like, what, ghost fire? Like, right. what? Like, unknown. Unknown. Cause unknown. Yeah. Because if not, you get fired immediately. you get fired, yes. Or you're just the laughing stock of the fucking office. 
While Haxton was the Dippick Box's longest owner and caretaker, it looks like everyone's ethics has a price. <laughs> He's like, dig that bitch up. Yeah, where's my shovel? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> they want how much for it? <laughs> because in 2016, Jason Haxton sold the Dippick Box to paranormal investigator and certifiable douche Zach Bagans for tens of thousands of dollars. Damn. All right. Do you know who Zach Bagans is? I don't. Oh, girl. We're going to get into it. Okay. Okay. Currently, the Ghost Adventures star keeps the evil artifact on display in his haunted museum in Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's been blamed for a black cloaked figure seemed moving through closed doors in the room it's displayed in. Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. Shortly after its arrival, mysterious protruding holes began to appear in its walls around the artifact as if something was trying to break it out (gasps) from within the exhibit. What? No, that's fucking creepy. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Since it has been on display, Bagans, the museum staff, and visitors have experienced black shadows, fainting, feelings of sickness, anger, anxiety, and more. In June 2018, Bagans gave musician Post Malone a private tour of his haunted museum. What? Yeah. Shit. I remember when all of this happened. Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to get into it later. Yeah. Zach Bagans is a fucking fraud. Okay. And he's a total douche. Like, I I mean, that's how you introduced him. So I'm assuming. I trust your judgment of people. He's like, hi, my name is Zach Bagans. He's like, he literally screams at the ghost, be like, come at me, bro. Oh, get Oh, he's like a ghost bouncer? Shit. Okay. He's like a bro... (laughs) paranormal investigator it's so suspect it's and you know and here's the thing i totally believe in ghosts i've had my experiences i have i was raised well not raised but i grew up watching paranormal investigator shows like ghost hunters and i like to believe that the ones i watched weren't complete trash because this is insane like everything is very suspect it's very like Things conveniently happen off camera. Of course. Um, We'll get into it, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And the only reason I'm including any of it is because he's the current owner of it. He bought the box, yeah. In his museum. And it's in his museum. If not, I'd be like, fuck this guy. Because it's insane. Come at me, bro. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I know. We actually talked about this earlier. You don't really watch the Kroll show. But he (laughs) does have a skit, which is literally ghost bouncers. And it's like, they go to houses. And it's like Jersey Shore type guys being like, with the fucking ghost. It's like, I'm pretty positive. Thought on. He probably took it from, from Ghost this, Adventures. Yes, and just, I like, would not be surprised. Turned it up like two notches. I would not be surprised at all because that is exactly what you're describing. Is it's the skit ridiculous? <laughs> and he like bounced this ghost, bro. Something that I really enjoyed about Ghost Hunters, which I loved, is that a lot of times they would go places and nothing would happen or they would de- and they'd be okay with that or right? they debunk something yeah. and usually with the crazy thing that happened would be like oh we set a camera in this room and over the course of 7 hours this candlestick holder moved 3 inches over the because that's kind of how it is yes it's not super exciting yes and sometimes he'd be like oh those smells well you have like 
a linen closet here that has all of your detergents. And I'm not saying it was that, but I can't rule out that it wasn't that. But you know what I mean? Like there was yeah. a reasonable, we're doing an actual investigation. We're not just chalking everything up to a ghost. Like, right. I will actually explore other possibilities for the reasons. That right. This is. And yes. not like, my name's Zach Bagans. I've been <laughs> possessed multiple times and all I right. bought the demon house. Okay. The demon house documentary is insane. It's ridiculous. Supposedly, there's a demon house in Gary, what? Indiana, and he bought it, and he was like, I got possessed. It's ridiculous. Bullshit. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. He's never been somewhere where nothing happened. Of course. And also, I read- Everything a, happens to him. Is that, everything yeah. happens. Girl, everything fucking happens to me, and I'm not even on that level. Fucking relax. <laughs> but- I remember I read an article while doing this of someone being like, P.S. He's a fucking fraud. Like in case you didn't yeah. know that there's this thing called the Shanghai tunnels, I think in Portland, Oregon, where it was the, the, the story of it is, is that people were like Shanghai, that they were like stolen and put on ships for like to be workers. But it's largely been debunked of like, that didn't yeah. happen. This is literally like a restaurant basement. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So he like was doing tours there, screaming into the air, come at me, come at me, bro, ghost, like whatever. And the guy was like, yeah, I'm a historian and this is all a fucking fraud. And this is ridiculous. Good for him. Yeah. For being like, no, get this guy out of here. And then if something doesn't happen, he'll be like, oh, it was just a bad night. Of course. Of course. Or maybe it's just not haunted and that's fine. There's places places that are. Some places aren't. Yeah. But you, does, you know, but whatever, he's making a fuck ton of money that he could spend tens of thousands of dollars on a fucking box with his racket. So clearly he's nailing it. I just, I don't understand how you can watch a show and be like, oh my God, this is real. This is, yeah, it's this insane. is great. Yeah. It's insane. No. So in 2018, Bagans gave musician Post Malone a private tour of his haunted museum when the security footage shows the two entering the room with the box and the, so the box in the museum, it's like in a separate room on its own. It's like the Dybbuk box room. Okay. Because this is for real shit. Yeah, not a joke. It's a real possessed box. Yeah. And yeah. you might get possessed. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sign a fucking waiver. <laughs> oh my God. some real I shit. I know nothing about this guy and I already hate this guy. Like, ugh. Ugh. That's get out of here. That's the only way to feel yeah. about him. He's fucking ridiculous. But whatever. I mean, people are buying his racket because yeah, he has like yeah, a yeah. billion seasons of ghost adventures. It's fucking ridiculous. Of course. And so the box is in a plexiglass, like most things in a museum yes. are. But it, I guess because it's post, it was oh, like, yeah, it, like, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever we'll you want. So the, the plexiglass is not on the box in this footage. It's, so it's been taken off. Okay. So in the footage, you see Bagans touch the box and then Post Malone approaches him and grabs Bagan's shoulder. So Post never touches the box. Okay. He touches ba- Zach Bagan's. Oh, also important to note, it's Zach Z-A-K. I fucking hate you. Oh. I fucking hate you. Like, that's all you need to know about the guy. Oh. And he wears sunglasses indoors. Ugh. Nope. I'm out. Nope. Fuck you. Nope. He's- Unless you have a condition, get the fuck out. Unless you're literally blind, get the fuck out of here. Well, no. He claims that after being possessed in the demon house. Oh that my he- God. But prior to that bullshit, he was fucking wearing sunglasses because he thinks he's like too cool for school. Go fuck yourself, Zach Bagans. Get out of here. I can't. Like and if you like Zach Bagans, yeah. I love you. And if you want to come for me, that's fine. Because he's like, come for me, bro. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Get out of here. So Zach touches 
the box. The box. Post is touching Zach. Zach. He touches Zach's shoulder. Okay. And immediately, Bagans just like tears himself away from from Post and like goes all the way up against the wall. And this is security camera footage. footage. So you see that something that he's saying something to Post Malone, but you don't know what it is. You okay. can't hear it. So he's like saying something. It looks like he's explaining something, and then kind of immediately Post grabs him, and the both of them run out of the room. Wow. Okay. Okay. So okay. All right. That happened. Okay. And you can find this footage anywhere. In a later episode of Ghost Adventures, Bagan spoke of the incident, saying, "Quote: We went in there, and we just felt like we were being kind of guided and manipulated to do this." I had this vision. I had this motive to open the box with him right now. And all I remember is when I put my hands on that box, I felt this jolt of something go through my arm. And for that minute, I felt like I was kind of like this conduit. I broke that bond with the box and backed up towards the wall. I started panicking. I was crying. I was hyperventilating. I couldn't breathe. Little bitch. No, sorry. (laughs) See, I would believe kind of anyone else, but... I, I know. know. I'm literally only saying it because it's Zach. Like, if it was yes. anybody else, I'd be like, oh my god, you poor baby. Like, yeah, I, my heart goes out to you. But like, no, fuck Zach. Fuck With Zach. a K. Ugh. God. <laughs> that was one of the most terrifying moments that I have ever experienced in my entire life. End quote. And like I said, you do see him go up against the wall and like say something for like a few seconds that like Post reacts to and like gets him that the two of them run out run of the out, room. Yeah. So obviously it's intense. Obviously something's going it's on. It's intense. Yeah. It's not like, oh, and let's just mosey yeah. on to this other thing. Maybe he's faking it, but he's faking it enough that Post is believing it. Okay. If he is faking it. I'm not saying he is in this moment, but it upset Post to the point that the two of them ran out of the room. Okay. So in June 2018, Post Malone visits the Haunted Museum, and while he doesn't touch the box himself, Zach Bagans does... And Malone touches him immediately after. You would think that wouldn't be enough to curse someone, but Malone experienced several serious unfortunate events in rapid succession mere weeks after his visit to the Haunted Museum. Really? And all of this is documented. Oh, like, all of these shit. things that I'm going to yeah, say are, are in the news, I'm sure. Are in the news yeah. because he's fucking famous. On August 21st, 2018, the rapper was involved in a plane emergency when two tires of his private jet blew out on the runway damn a few days later on september 1st 2018 his old house was reportedly broken into by gun-toting invaders looking for him what a week after that on september 7th 2018 he was involved in a serious car crash when his rolls royce was t-boned by another car in west hollywood luckily malone walked away from each incident spooked but unharmed and he's not even saying that he's cursed. Yeah. Like literally after that, because it's within a span of three weeks, these three things happened. Yeah. Like three and a half weeks. And he tweeted, God must hate me. LOL. And then he started getting yeah. retweets of like, is he not aware that he's been like super fucking cursed? Cursed because he touched the box. Yeah. yeah. Well, he didn't even touch it. That's the thing. By proxy. By he proxy. Touched. He yeah, touched it. the box. In October 2018, Bagans told his fans that he was finally going to open the Dybbuk box during his live four... Oh, God, this fucking guy. 
during his live four-hour Halloween special, but after a great deal of buildup, the celebrity ghost hunter lost his nerve and decided not to open the box that is believed to be the most haunted object in the world due to fears of his health. Last year, Zach Bagans finally opened his Dybbuk box in a four-part spinoff series titled Ghost Adventures Quarantine, which was filmed over 12 days from the end of March while self-isolating in Zach's own haunted museum during the global coronavirus lockdown. Leading up to the big moment, audiences discovered that there are actually 10 Dybbuk boxes in the world. What? I don't know how any of this is verifiable. Okay. Because what happens in the episode is he FaceTimes with Kevin Manis. Okay. And Kevin spills the tea. He's like, by the way, there's 10 Dybbuk boxes in the world. Each one aligns with a tree of life concept from Kabbalah, which is the basis for Jewish mysticism. It is said, and again, this is this is from Kevin Manis. Kevin, I, yeah. I, like, you know, I'm, I'm not into Jewish mysticism. I don't know it. I don't know. So I don't know if it's like, I know that Dybbuk's exist as a as concept an entity or as an entity yeah. and that there are some rabbis that do have to do exorcisms for dibbics and that that's a known thing culturally okay i don't know if this is as well okay but i'm just i'm going off of what i learned from ghost <laughs> adventures quarantine bro <laughs> don't come at me don't come at me yeah. bro <laughs> it's so ridiculous i can't even handle oh my god it. It's said that all the evil from the 20th century, World War II, the Korean War, Khmer Rouge, and more, are contained inside the 10 Dybbuk boxes. That's a lot of evil! It's a lot. I don't think we're prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And that by opening the box, it will summon all of this evil. Oh, no. This is a Pandora box situation, basically? Yeah, essentially. Eight of the ten boxes have been accounted for. And, like, one of the big reveals in the episode is that Zach currently has two of them in his haunted museum. Okay. The whereabouts of the two remaining boxes are unknown. So, we know where eight of them are, Zach has two of them, and then the remaining two, we don't know where the fuck they are. Okay. Which may be buried or hidden somewhere Who the fuck to knows? get the fuck rid of them. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? So... As I said in the finale of the four-part series, Bagans gets on a FaceTime with Kevin Manis, who tells him that opening the boxes could be very bad because they could unleash all the evil that's trapped within it and oh no, that Bagans could fucking die if he opens them. Oh! But cash! Fuck it! It sweeps weak <laughs> and Bagans needs his ratings. So he does it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, true to form, Bagans is a fucking douche throughout most of the episode, taunting and screaming commands at the Dybbuk and being an asshole to his fellow investigators. Like, he's a complete dick. He's literally asking to get killed. Like, be nice to the spirit, the demo- possibly demonic spirit. Like, maybe don't yell at it and be like, come at me, bro. Well, it's a thing in investigations. They're like, don't taunt. Yeah, don't antagonize don't them. Don't antagonize yeah. them. Like, be like, is anyone here? Do you need any help? What do you want yeah. from us? Not be like, this is fucking bullshit, bro. What Wait, the fuck? Fucking possessed box? Like, what? I'm scared what? of you. What? Come at me, bro. <laughs> it's so, it's insane. <laughs> if any of you like this. I want him to be haunted so badly. Oh my like, God, for uh, sure. If any of you like this series, 
I genuinely want to know why. Like, I, like convince us. Yeah. And it can absolutely be like, because it's a shit show. That's fine. I totally respect that. I used to watch Maury half an hour be- <laughs> for half an hour every day before I went to work. I get it. But I, I just really need to know why you enjoy this. Like, yes. please send us a DM because yes. I need to know. I'm not coming for you. You guys are a delight, but this guy's an asshole. So, okay. Prior to opening the artifact, because it like happens over like two days okay. that they're doing the investigation. And they're all quarantined within the... The museum? The museum. Okay. And they don't have their regular huge crew because of COVID. So it's like the bare bones for investigators filming themselves. And then like the security cameras that they have and whatever the fuck that they're set up themselves, right? Gotcha. So prior to opening the artifact, something that looks like a mist was captured escaping the box (gasps) before quickly disappearing in, in the security cameras. So, okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. When they decided to finally open the box, Bagans claims that he sees a black mass in the corner and that they allege to have captured some EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon, but they are suspect at best. Okay. Yeah. It'll be a noise. It'll be like, it says Kevin, but it could Mm, be anything. It's, It's that thing where you hear a noise. And then they put in like the captions of like, that's what this is saying. So your brain automatically right. is like, oh my God, that is what it's saying. But yeah. it could be get in. It could be, it could be anything. Yes. You know what I mean? And like, I've been on, I don't want to say an investigation because that's not accurate. I went on a ghost tour where we did the EVP thing and there was a very clear yup that came through oh. when someone was like asking if certain people were there. And then after this person's name, there was a yup. So I was like, okay, that's different. Than that's like, weird. Rrr, yeah. Rrr. Yeah. Oh my God, it says, uh, it's my grandmother's name. Like, no. you're like, what the fuck is this? No. no. So that's very suspect. Throughout the course of the investigation, heat sensors capture the box getting six degrees warmer throughout it, which just shouldn't be fucking happening. That's very significant. Six degrees is very significant. It's a very significant. Absolutely. Wow. And as I said, Bagans is acting like a total fucking asshole to the other investigators and doesn't flinch when one of his crew members faints. What? Heavily implying, they heavily imply that he's possessed, which, sure, Jam. Okay. I mean, I've never met someone who's been more possessed than Zach Bagans. <laughs> of course. Obviously. He's the most possessed person in America. Everyone knows. The thing that kills me, and like, look, people got to put food on the table. I respect that shit. And I'm sure these people are making fucking bank. I mean, Bagans is clearly high on his own supply, obviously, oh, yeah, from yeah. everything I fucking oh, yeah, said. Yeah. It's the people around him who are like, well, I mean, you're like super empathetic. So I can, you know, I'm concerned that you might get possessed. Like, do you actually believe that? Or are you like, look, I paid off two houses and all my credit card bills. So I'm going to say whatever the fuck <laughs> I need to say. <laughs> to keep getting the second paycheck. Like, yeah. I get it. I, th- I don't know how long I could do that. Like my soul would die oh, doing yeah, that. Same. But I get it. Like credit card bill debt is real. Real, yeah. So if you're like, I need to fucking act like this motherfucker who's just a belligerent asshole is possessed and that's why he's being verbally abusive towards me. Like, sure. Fine. Yeah. I'll tell myself whatever I need to. You know, I've done a lot worse for a lot less. So yeah, I, I can respect say, it. I've been verbally abused for nothing, so oh. I'm happy to get paid for verbal abuse. 10,000%. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they're like really, they don't say it, but they really heavily imply that he's been possessed, which is ridiculous. Yeah. 
then one of the investigators, Billy, who was, he's severely freaked out through this entire thing. I mean, and yeah, one of his coworkers just fainted, which... Though even before that happens, Ugh. he's freaked the fuck out. Oh, of is all he? Of it. Okay, fuck. He's like, and he keeps saying to the box like that he respects it and he respects his power, and he's just like, "I'm not fucking with you. Like, I don't want to touch you." And then Bacon's like, "Just touch it, touch it, bro." He's oh my god, he's literally the fucking worst. I can't Ugh. even handle it. And and even when he touches it, he's like, "Look, I'm touching it. I respect it. I respect its power. Like, I I'm not. This is not a game to me." Yeah, as you should be, honestly. For even if sure. you don't believe in that, you should still be. I feel like respectful of it. Exactly. Your ass gonna get haunted. Exactly. Yep. And towards the end of the episode, after that other dude has fucking fainted, after a bunch of other shit, Billy offhandedly says, quote, you mess around with something like this and we go home tonight and two nights from now, something happens at home. End quote. Damn straight. Yeah, because he knows what the fuck time it is. Billy, you know what the fuck time it is. Yes. Bagans snaps back and the following exchange happens. You just called your destiny, man. It's not my destiny. That box is granting your wish. It's not my wish. You shouldn't have spoken those words. Well, I said it as an example. Well, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) I think that captured the spirit of Zach perfectly. Yeah. And I hated all of that. What a dick. That's such a fucking dick response to anyone. Yeah. I hope. These people are making bank to put up with this bullshit. For real. They fucking better be. Otherwise, you can do better. You can do better. You deserve better. You don't need to put up with this fucking bullshit. Do your own ghost hunting thing. Yeah. So right after this exchange, the screen fades to black with a voiceover from Zach saying the following, quote, three days after the completion of this investigation, Billy's family dog tragically died. (gasps) Monique, you know I have to be warned if the dog dies. I can't handle it. Okay. We are not saying this is connected to or caused by the Dybbuk box. Except Uh, you clearly the fuck are. Yeah. Including this in your fucking episode, but whatever. But because of the coincidental timing, we felt it was very important to inform our viewers of this disturbing information. End quote. Damn. Billy fucking called that shit. Yeah. So I know that I have murkied the waters a bit here with the addition of Zach Bagans because he's absolutely a fucking fraud and anything he attaches his name to is automatically suspect. I fucking know. Feel that. But because he's the current owner of the item. Two of the items, technically. Two of the items, right? And he made a whole fucking thing about opening the box last year. I felt like I had to include him. Yeah. But I would like to leave you with one more interesting coincidence. In 2004, LA Times writer Leslie Gornstein was interviewing professionals on urban legends and religious artifacts to get their take on the Dybbuk box shortly after the eBay listing went viral. Reverend Jim Willis, an Arizona minister and the author of The Religion Book, Places, Prophets, Saints, and Seers, said, quote, Of course, we realize we could probably be dealing here with a very elaborate hoax. I have to say that because... I do have my academic reputation to uphold, but if you leave it at that, it takes all the fun away. End quote. As his words trailed away, a huge picture in his office fell from the wall and crashed (gasps) to the floor. Full body chills. Okay. The reporter and the interviewee were silent for a moment. Willis then replied, quote, This is weird. Have I just become part of an urban legend? (laughs) End quote. Yes, bitch! 
And that is the story of the Divic box. Holy fucking shit. Yeah, don't buy that for your mom for Mother's Day. No. That's a terrible fucking gift. She would not like it. No. He even gave it to his mom and she was like, hate gift. Hate Ugh. this fucking gift. Yeah. Get it the fuck away from me. Yeah. Girl. Yeah. And for the record, my hot take, I think that this is totally a haunted thing. And I would not want that shit in my fucking house. No, no, no. That doesn't negate that Zach Bagans is a fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Those things can both be true. Yes. They they can both coexist. (laughs) That was fucking fascinating. Yeah. I remember when the possession was coming out. I haven't seen that. So I'll have to check that out. I didn't know that that was about this either. Yeah. I... I didn't realize it was either, but I remember living here and reading the eBay listing. Oh, Like shit. the original listing yeah, yeah. and being like, what the, what the fuck? fuck is this? Which I would imagine went viral again because the movie was coming out. Probably, yeah. So, it, it, so it'd be like 2011, 2012. Yeah. Um, or that the book had come out maybe because it, it was 2011, the book came out, 2012, the movie came out. So in that time period, I definitely remember clicking an article and being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that's fucking weird. And the fact that there's 10 of them? I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, I kind of wonder if that's some if there's some kind of like lore or something behind that. Yeah. I mean, because now... Because my brain thought horror cruxes, obviously. But that's... I don't know. know what that is. Oh my god! She's not a Harry Potter I'm person. I'm not a Harry... I know, okay. I know she, I'm Slytherin because oh, you Donna, sure made, Donna made me take the quiz. I mean, like, literally, you didn't mean you need to take a quiz. Like, we fucking knew. We're aware. Donna was very shocked. Was she? She was. She's like, what? Because I guess Donna. they're the, the bad guys. I mean, if you want to look at them that way, I don't yeah. look at them that way. It's like, I'm really ambitious. Like, and she's of. like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a Harry Potter. It's a big commitment. The Harry oh, Potter universe. So, well, I have every single one of them on that bookshelf over there. So, if you ever oh, are in it. are in the mood and you want to, you start guys that. like you know, you got the Dune series, you got the Harry Potter. Yeah, we have a, a fuck ton of comic books. I uh, yeah. I have Douglas Adams. I just fucking love sci-fi and and fantasy. I love, yeah. I love all that. So but, yeah, I wonder if there was like a significance with, with behind the fact that there's ten of them and like. Well, so the ten is supposed to be like the different limbs on the tree of life and Kabbalah. Oh, okay. Is what that's supposed to be. Okay. And like the second box that he has looks completely different. I was going to say, that. are they similar looking or no. sizes or anything? It's, it's like the second box is like a trinket box. Oh, interesting. And, and then it has like it's almost like a on a pedestal that looks like roots. And that one's like supposed the tree to be the of life. right, right, right. Okay. It's supposed to be the roots, and it like is a different thing. Okay, interesting. So, uh, fun fact: eBay doesn't let you sell haunted or magical items as like a rule. You have to yeah. Like, okay. So you have to like when you agree to the terms, you agree not to help sell a haunted item. So basically, yeah, like kind of. So when you write your listing, so the listed is like antique or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then in the listing, you're like, you have to put the disclaimer of like, you have to be over 18 to buy it. And that you don't say that this and that, that this, this, uh, eBay doesn't endorse this. Okay. This isn't a haunted item, but like do what you will with the, with the listing essentially. However, that being said, there's a huge market for haunted items. Yeah. I was going to say. So there's a lot of like other Dybbuk boxes that you can buy quote unquote for like 20 bucks or whatever. That are not the real I don't think so. But now there's like a billion Dybbuk boxes. But there's only really 10. Apparently. Okay. 
Noted. Prior to watching <laughs> Ghost of Enders Quarantine, I was under the impression there was one. Yeah. Not ten, but I don't know. Interesting. Very interesting. All I know is that if I really... F- okay. Also, like, fuck me, right? If they're, if something's like, it's going to kill you if you open it, I may or may not roll the dice on that. Yeah. But they're like, no, you're going to unleash all the evil of the 20th century back into the world. And you're like, fuck it. I need my ratings. Like, <laughs> Nielsen, motherfucker. What? No. You're right. That is... Re- I forgot that that was the caveat attached to opening it. Super fucked up that you're like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I'll, I'll unleash the evil of the 20th century. And he world. opens both of them. What a piece of shit. Yeah, that let's assume he's not a complete fraud. He's an asshole. Yeah. Because he unleashed all of this. Yes, fact. Because either he believes that this is true and was willing to unleash And didn't all give a fuck. And didn't give a fuck. Or he's a fraud and he didn't believe any of this was true in the first place and he's fucking doing it for the rating. So 10,000%. One of those is correct. Right. Yes. And they both make him look terrible. Yeah, exactly. It shows you exactly what kind of person he is. So I trust your Which is hashtag the fucking worst. The worst. Um, but no, I would like, if it's a thing that I'm like, I need to, this needs to be out of my house. Like I can't, or like I can't get it out of my house for whatever the fuck reason. I would have every, every fucking priest come in. I would, I'd have every rabbi, every whatever the fuck come in and bless right? the fuck out of it. I'd be like, I respect you, Dibbit Box. Um, I would not open it. No, fuck no. I don't want any part of that. Absolutely not. Poor Post Malone. Right? I feel bad for him. He should be on our reboot of Celebrity Ghost Stories when he that happens. Should. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but it is Monique and I's dream to reboot Celebrity Ghost Stories. Fuck yes. With all of like your best favorite celebrities like demi lovato who said that she saw aliens yes demi girl call yes us. <gasps> machine gun kelly saw some aliens like I, can, I read that uh-huh girl we can go outside of you know just ghosts it doesn't have to be just celebrity ghost stories like yeah i'm so here for all of it right post post posty hell yeah give us a holler fuck yeah yeah wild yeah i know I love that. I don't know how to think about it. I'm definitely going to have a creepy dream tonight because of that. I have, I can already sense it. Thanks, Monique. You're welcome. No. <laughs> I'm probably going to have a dream of Zach Baggins' fucking voice. Come at me, Monique. Come at me, bro. <laughs> that might be worse. That might be the actual nightmare. It's like you're just stuck with Zach in a dream. Oh. Yeah. Give me 10 lady hags all day All long day, yeah. Over fucking hanging out with Zach Baggins? Get the fuck out of here. Lady hag all day. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that was fantastic. Thank, thank you. you. Jinx, thank you, lady. Yeah. So, yeah. you have something for the crime time? Oh, I have a little I have a little something for the crime time. All right. So, sources. truecrimedaily.com, which has an accompanying video from Crime Watch Daily. Oh shit. buzzfeednews.com, dailymail.co.uk, newyorkdailynews.com. HeraldTribune.com, WashingtonPost.com, Wikipedia, and FBI.gov. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even know the yeah. FBI had a fucking girl. website. Hey, girl. Hell yeah. That's where they put all their, like, most wanted and shit. That makes sense. Yeah. So, wait. Okay. So, like, before America's Most Wanted, you just have to go to the fucking post office and... And look, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Oh, my God. That's so true. I kind of forgot about that. That, like, back in the day when you went to the post office, there were literally, like, the most wanted yeah. posters on the fucking wall of the post office. I, many moons ago, worked on a pilot that 
unbeknownst to me, because uh, I don't always put things together. We were filming in the CIA New York headquarters, <gasps> and we all had to get background checks. Which I would have failed immediately. Okay. <laughs> No, I would have been fine. I doubt that every actor on that set had like not was like on the up and up. Come on, that's the fucking room. I'm sure. But I knew we were filming in like CIA headquarters, but like I didn't know it was actually CIA headquarters. Yeah. That was like in everything else, another building made to look like it. Except when we went in, it was on a weekend, and when we went in, there were <laughs> all of these uh, notices taped everywhere, being like. Don't get concerned uh, when you see people drawing their firearm, their actors, because we're filming here today. Because people at the CIA are still fucking working, even though it's a fucking weekend. And they're yes. like, if some shit goes down, they might like start killing. They might like respond as if this <laughs> is a situation I need to address. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the headquarters, they had the 10 most wanted. <gasps> yeah. List and they had like a mural of fallen agents who were secret agents, so they didn't have their names. They had a star to indicate them. What? Yeah, it was crazy. That's super cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely Damn. snuck some pictures. I'm sure you did, girl. Of course. Like, because I, I expect nothing less, Monique. Yeah, I'll find those for you. Yeah. Like, that's how I went to the CIA and recorded all day. And what was really cool is that in between takes, the the crew would, like, play Jay-Z, like, blasting Jay-Z. Ah! At the CIA, I love that New York headquarters. So much. It was so much amazing. Oh, that's great. But that's the last time I noticed a ten most wanted list was at I, the CIA headquarters. I, I literally could not tell you the last time I saw one, honestly. So, yeah. so yes, that does make sense. So they would have a website. They for do. That. They do have a website. Great. So, growing up in Lexington, South Carolina, Kara Robinson had a picturesque childhood. She never felt unsafe playing outside and was trusted to play unsupervised and go on walks in the woods with her friends. Oh, no. I know. It's boilerplate. It's so ominous. Yeah, <laughs> already. I was like, I know she would not be about that. You'd be like, let's, we're friends. Let's go for a walk in the woods. You're like, no. No. Why are you trying to kill me? Ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> on the morning of June 22nd, 2002, 15-year-old Kara was hanging out at her best friend Heather's house. They decided to go hang out at the lake for the day, but first Heather called her mom to tell her where they were going and see if she needed them to take care of anything before they left. Heather's mom said yes and asked them to please water the flowers for her. Since Heather wanted to take a shower before they left, Kara offered to take care of the flowers for her. Barefoot and still dressed in her pajamas and oversized t-shirt and shorts, she went outside to water the flowers in the front yard. As she was watering them, she noticed a car drive by heading out of the neighborhood. But as she watched... The car turned around and came back into the neighborhood, <gasps> pulling into the driveway next to Kara and parking. No. An average looking guy with brown hair wearing a button down shirt, tucked in and a baseball cap, got out of the car. <gasps> Appearing nice enough, he approached Kara and told her he had some magazines that he wanted to give her and asked if her parents were home. Mm -mm. She told him no, this was actually her friend's house. Oh, girl, no. I know. All of this is giving me, is giving me Grace vibes of her, her story. <sighs> yup. <sighs> And unfortunately, this is not a great story where she was just like, fuck you, and ran oh. in the house. So he asked if her friend's mom was there so he could give them to her instead. And again, Kara told him no. Oh, honey, no. Undeterred, the man told her he would just give them to her instead so she could get them to her. Kara agreed to take them and leave them for Heather's mom. But as he moved closer, Kara suddenly got a strange feeling. Mm. As soon as he was in her personal space, she started to feel a little awkward but she tried to brush it off, telling herself that he was handing her something, so obviously he was going to come closer. 
The man in the baseball cap handed the magazines to her with his left hand, and with his right hand, he pressed a gun against her neck and <gasps> calmly told her to get in the car. Oh my god. And her- this is broad daylight. Broad daylight. It's in the morning. Oh my fucking God. Yep. Oh my God. Oh my God. Kara said, quote, there was no question in my mind that I had to do what he said because he was bigger than me and he had the advantage. He had a gun. My only thoughts were prayers to God that I would find a way out. End quote. How old is she? 15. Oh my God. Baby. At gunpoint, he forced Kara to climb into a green 50 gallon Rubbermaid container (gasps) in the backseat of his car. Stop. I know. He set the lid on top, but left it loose, then got back into the car and drove away, saying nothing. In the dark container, squeezed into the fetal position, Kara, like our girl Lisa McVeigh, started taking note of everything. Get it, Kara. Yes. Yes. Every stop, every turn, every sound. Desperate to find any clues about where she was being taken, and having grown up in Lexington, Kara was pretty familiar with the area. So she tried to pay attention to where he was going, noticing that he got on the interstate and drove for 10 to 15 minutes before he pulled over and stopped. I would be so fucked in all of this. So fucked. I would be like a shaking fucking wreck. One. Two, I am horrendous at directions. Oh my God, right? Especially like, I can't even handle directions when I'm paying attention and like in the car, I'm able to look around. Thousand percent. Are you getting paid? Like, I'd be like bullshitting about... The 40 movies I saw this week. <laughs> and then they'll be like, where do we turn out? Like, I literally don't I know no where the idea fuck where we, are. we are. So <laughs> that's just me actively being in the car and looking at things and be like, yeah, whatever. And, and I watched fucking people of Earth and this happened. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, wh- which house is it? I'm like, I literally don't I know. I have no idea. Yeah. I would be so fucked. Like, same. That's the same. thing where I'd be like, well, I guess this is it. <laughs> I had a good run. This is how this goes. I would have preferred to have gotten laid one more time, but this is where we are. I accept this. (laughs) But no, fucking Kara's on her shit. She heard him open the back door of the car, then lift the lid off the container. She could see that he was on the side of the road and there were trees. Very calmly, he told her he was going to tie her up and gag her, making sure to remind her that he still had the gun, his threat obvious. But Kara was determined to survive and told herself to just go along with what he said. She wanted him to believe that she wasn't going to try anything. He tied her wrist and gagged her before putting the lid back on and sealing it tightly. Hmm. Then he got back into the car and drove for a couple of minutes more before parking again. He told her he was going to get out of the car and take her out and that he didn't want her to scream. Again, Kara could hear him get out of the car. When he opened the car door, Kara could hear outside noises and people moving around. She felt him pick up and carry the container with her in it, then set it down and drag it over concrete. She could tell when she bumped over a threshold and that the sound changed when she started to slide across the floor. Mm. Then she heard him shut the door. A couple minutes later, he opened the container, telling her he was going to take the gag out and untie her, but also reminding her that he was the one with the gun. Yeah, I fucking know. Yeah, you've been telling me and it's been pressed against my neck. I'm fucking aware of things. He said, quote, you can't scream. Don't try to escape. End quote. Kara complied and was let out of the container, released from her restraints, and ungagged. Now in the apartment of her kidnapper, Kara, determined to escape at the earliest opportunity, started gathering as much information as she could, Yes, hoping to be able to tell police something that might help them catch the guy if she got free. Yes, queen. She tried to read his mail, memorized the magnets on his refrigerator. Holy shit! Yep. Found out who his doctor and his dentist were. 
She even memorized the serial number on the inside of the Rubbermaid container. That's how fucking thorough she was. Get it, queen. I'm obsessed. Fucking badass. None of this would occur to me. None of it. Oh I'd my just god. Be like, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. I'm I gonna can't die. believe I fucking got in this situation. Like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm so fucking pissed. Like, fuck. I hope that they find me. Yeah. I hope that he doesn't fuck me off enough to the point that I can't have an open casket funeral. <laughs> like, that's literally, yeah. I'd be like, fuck, fuck. Like, oh my god. I would just be like, I can't believe this is how it happens. Me too. I would be fucking. I would not be cognizant enough to fucking be like, let me take down all this information. Let me be aware of what's going on. Yeah, for sure. I would be like catatonic, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing like that we've talked about, like the zombie apocalypse. Like that when things happen that are very uh, intense for me, my brain's like, we're just going to check out. Right I'm, now. Good. I'm just going to shut off. We're going to put a yeah. pin in this. <laughs> revisit it. Maybe revisit it. Yeah. Maybe not. But we're just going to check out yeah. right now. It's seems like a lot to deal with yeah so i'm good yeah Kara i'm with you is not us she's 100 percent no. that bitch she's a fucking badass get a queen i love it and since she was determined to learn as much as possible she engaged him in conversation <sighs> so smart so smart and again she's 15 like for an adult to do this is impressive for her to do it is fucking a million times more impressive for sure and like what she read and sussed out very astutely is if a guy is doing this, he's probably a fucking loser. He's definitely a loser with women. So I need to, you know, hi, no, this is totally fine. Oh my God, it's fine. Yeah. And he'll be like, oh my God, it is fine. Someone <laughs> understands me. And it's like, bitch, I'm going to fucking have you hanging by the end of this. Yep. Oh my God, I'm so here for this. So here for this. So... Kara could see that he had pet lizards and fish, so she asked him about those. She managed to find out that he was in the military and discharged from the Navy. Then her kidnapper got out a pencil and notebook and started to ask Kara his own questions. Mm. He asked her name, whose house she was at, if she had a boyfriend or any sexual experience. And after every question, he would diligently write down the information. Kara said he was cordial to her. Quote, like, that sounds so crazy, but he was polite, end quote. But as they talked, Kara prepared herself for the inevitable. She said, quote, people don't kidnap young girls and not sexually assault them. Yeah. So I knew that was coming, end oh, quote. Oh my God, honey. I know. Honey. And that is so horrifying and upsetting, obviously, but like, just how composed and yeah. aware she is where she's like, I know this is going to happen because like literally this is the only reason that men kidnap young yeah. girls. So I know this is coming. I'm just going to handle this the best that I can and just get through this and wait for my chance to escape. Kara? Kara. Amazing. We are not remotely the same person. No. I am in awe of you. Oh my God. A hundred fucking percent. Yes. And unfortunately... Kara was correct. Oh my god. Over the next several hours, the man raped Kara repeatedly, but she was determined to survive so she could wait for her moment to escape. Oh my god. At one point, he told her they were going to watch TV to see if she was on the news. He said, quote, let's see if anyone misses you. Oh, fuck you, you piece End of shit. Quote. What a fucking dick. Ugh. Ugh. So gross. I fucking hated that so much. And it's so so manipulative like it's so exactly it's so manipulative and it's like look homie all of this is a you problem just because your family probably 86 to you because you're fucking crazy 
that has nothing the fuck to do with me. And you're trying to put your bullshit on me. Fuck you. No. Right? And because the thing is, I don't know the story, so I don't know where this is going. Other than Kara's a motherfucking queen. Yup. But if they turn on the TV and they're like, this chick is missing, he's going to get pissed as fuck and he's going to freak the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. There's no right answer to this situation. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. But by that time, it had only been about eight hours since she was kidnapped, so it was too soon for her to be on the news yet. And Kara was even aware of this. But he made sure to tell her, quote, well, nobody misses you, end quote. Which, go fuck yourself. Her parents had fucking already filed a missing persons report. Like, people for sure fucking care about her. You're a fucking asshole. I didn't respond because my jaw Jaw was on the floor from anger and disgust. Yes. Facts. He told her several times that he was going to let her go, but that it was her choice what she did after that, saying... You can go to the police and you can always be the girl who was raped. Okay. So what's happening in that statement, if I'm assessing this correctly, is he's manipulating her, guilting her, and slut shaming her. A hundred fucking percent. Go fuck yourself. A hundred fucking percent. Seriously. Go fuck yourself. Fuck yourself. But Kara remained strong, keeping her wits about her and enduring her captor's abuse until he decided to put her back in the container. He told her he had to make a call, and that since she had been good so far, if she promised not to scream, he wouldn't gag her. She obviously agreed and climbed back into the Rubbermaid under his command. He put the lid back on, then went to make his call. While he talked on the phone, though, Kara started to have a panic attack. When he came back to find out what was wrong, he found her practically hyperventilating. Kara told him she couldn't breathe, and he told her he would leave the lid off if she promised not to make any noise. Just relieved not to be shut in the dark container again, she agreed. Is this intentional or was she like... No, no. Because she's being traumatized. She's being traumatized as fuck. And she actually was like having having a panic panic attack from being put in the container again. Cool. I mean, not cool, but like I I follow. Yes. Yes. The man went back to his call and Kara realized that he was talking to his wife. (gasps) Who was clearly out of town on some trip. Of course he fucking was. Yup. Oh yeah, Monique. I know. Fucking infuriating. If when we get to live shows, you will see. (laughs) Monique's face right now. Everything that's happening. (sighs) She can't handle it. No, because this guy is a colossal. Uh, I know. It pisses me off so much. The level of bullshittery and fuckery knows no bounds with this fucking clown. Facts. Literal facts. Ugh. I know, girl. After he hung up and came back to get Kara, he told her she was going to be there for a few days and that she'd have to eat. Then he made her smoke weed with him and gave her a Valium, telling her it was time to go to bed. This is so, like, Roman Polanski shit. Right? Ugh, like, it's not bad enough you've already sexually assaulted this girl. You're literally going to make me do drugs? Yeah, it's fucked up. And if you're like, thank you, no. Like, obviously that's not going to go great. No, she's like, sure, I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. And... As someone who's never partaken, you don't know how you're going to react to that Yeah, exactly. And if you're in a situation where you're like, I need to keep my wits about me. I need to know everything. I need to memorize everything. Like, I would imagine that's really fucking terrifying. Yeah. It was like, I'm trying to remember all this shit. And now I'm going to be given a bunch of drugs that I don't know how I'm going to react to. That might make me possibly forget stuff that I've remembered. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Extra fucked up. (sighs) Extra scary. Before they went to sleep, though, he put a pair of blue fuzzy handcuffs on her wrists and attached them to a C-clamp on the end of a rope that was coming up from the bed frame. 
He also tied a restraint on her right leg that was attached to the bottom of the bed frame. Then he told her they were so going... So she's... It's like a diagonal that she's attached at? I think it's more like she's on one side of the bed with her leg attached to that side of the bed that she's on. And then her hands are kind or both of... both the hands. Yeah. Okay. Both her hands. She's handcuffed. And then it's the C-clamp, which is basically, if you guys don't know, it's like a piece of metal that basically acts as a vice. So it has a screw portion yeah. that you can tighten. Yeah. So the C gets smaller when you screw it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. So... That is attached to the handcuffs and is attached to a rope and she is handcuffed kind of to the top of the bed via the C-clamp. So interesting to know in that that is not the most secure way you could attach somebody to the bed because as I've just pointed out, gonna say. you can unscrew the C-clamp and get the handcuffs out of that like pretty quickly, like not with not that much difficulty, honestly. So yeah. it's not the most secure way to tie somebody to a bed. But she is tied to the bed and her arms are kind of like positioned above her a little bit and her leg is tied to the bed. But she got to play along of like, oh no, I'm stuck here forever. Yep. So then he told her they were going to sleep and he laid down next to her in the bed and she's literally forced to sleep next to her captor. Oh my God. I know. When Kara woke up, the sun hadn't even risen yet. Realizing her captor was still asleep, she knew this was the moment she had been waiting for. Get a queen. Her moment to escape. But first, she had to get out of her restraints without waking the man next to her. Uh-huh. As quietly and surreptitiously as she could, she tried to reach up to unscrew the C-clamp, but because of the position she was in, she couldn't quite manage it. But there was just enough room that she could get it to her mouth, and she was able to use her teeth to unscrew it. Get it, queen! Right? Yes. Still handcuffed, she was able to slowly wiggle down to her ankle enough to free herself from the bed. Then she carefully slid out of the bed without waking him up. Since the cuffs he used were fuzzy cuffs, there was just enough room. Don't they? I'm not speaking from person. I was like, girl, I think you are, though. (laughs) Okay. I am. I absolutely have fuzzy cuffs in my fucking... (laughs) Get it, girl. Those aren't real handcuffs. And I don't know if she knows this or not, but there is like... Oh, like a fail safe, a safety button that you can take, that you can push, and it opens on its own. I didn't know this. I don't think Karen knew this. And that's fair. That's fine. If you find yourself in that situation, there is a button that protrudes out from the side of the cuff that you could press, and you don't see it because it's fuzzy. But if you, if you know it's there, it's there. Yeah. Like yeah. If if you find yourself in a situation of like someone being a dick or like or this awful situation, and it's a fuzzy cuff, and it's not like a cop cuff, you can absolutely get out of it by just feeling, you'll you'll feel a piece of metal that just sticks out a little bit. And if you press it, it opens the cuff. Noted. If you yep. get stuck in a Gerald's Game situation. Girl, oh my fucking God. Did that movie scar you as much as it scarred me? It That, that oh, first of all, Stephen King, amazing. Uh, oh. uh, uh, Carla uh, Gugino. She's oh, phenomenal. Queen. First of all, she can do no wrong. She is absolutely yes. fucking stunningly beautiful. And such a talented actress. So like, talented. Uh, she was in Haunting in Hill House, right? Of course she was. Yeah, she was incredible. If you haven't seen that movie, it's so fucking good. It's on Netflix, I think, still. Yeah. It's either Netflix or... or That's or where I saw it, but it was... Oh, then Netflix. Fuck, it was like... I want to say it was like two years ago at this point. So There is a scene. Good. And if you've seen it, you know what, you you know what know. I'm talking yeah. about. Christina's a, um, a medical empath, like a physical empath. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. So emotional shit she doesn't give a fuck about. But like she physical things physically she mm. gets a very like 
she feels the thing. Yeah. I'm like, you cannot watch this movie. Oh, like, no, 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 It's no, no, great, no. but there is a scene that I don't have, I don't have that. I'm an emotional empath. And I was, I mean, you cannot be horrified by the scene. I'm literally not saying anything because I'm just shaking my head nonsense. Correct. Like, no, 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 um, no, no, no. You know the scene. And I guess her handcuffs were not those handcuffs. They were not. No. Which is why that scene happened. It's so good, though. It's such a good movie, though. If I'm not into gore. I don't know if this qualifies as that. It's a lot. It's intense. It's definitely, like, for me, a, a watching it through open hands, yes. like, through the fingers Yes, thing, for sure. Because it's a lot. And if you can watch things like that, then watch Gerald's Game. If you're like, I can't fuck with any of it at all, yeah. then you can't watch Gerald's then Game. Then no. Take a pass on that. Or, one. like, watch it and then get a spoiler alert as to what the timestamp is and just fast forward through it. Yeah, go take a bathroom break or something. Yeah. Yeah. Be like, this is where I refill my Paloma. Exactly. And take a pee break and come back. And you'll hear her. You'll know. You'll hear her making the noises. And when the noises are done, <laughs> then you'll be like, great, I can come back. Jump back in. Yeah. It's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Because it's the same director as Haunting of Hill House as well. I, I believe. think I realized that. But okay. Yeah. Fuck, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's really well done. So Kara, still handcuffed, but since the cuff he used were fuzzy cuffs, there was just enough room for her to slide one of her hands out. Yes! With her hands finally free, she quietly got dressed and went into the living room. When she got to the front door, though, she realized getting out might not be as easy as it seemed. Mm -hmm. Right beside the front door, there was a closet with one of those metal accordion-style doors, and oh, she fuck. had to close it before she could open the front door. Oh my god. Kara knew that it was going to be super loud and that it would wake him when she finally opened the door. In addition to the closet door, a vacuum and the Rubbermaid container were also in front of the door. Quietly, she moved them both so she had a clear path out the door. Kara knew his bedroom window looked out to the front door and that when the sound of the door woke him up, he would be able to see her escaping. So she was determined to do it as quickly as possible. She unlocked the front door. Then in one motion, she closed the accordion door and opened the front door. Still barefoot, Kara ran as fast as she could. Her biggest fear was that he would shoot her through his bedroom window to keep her from escaping. Without looking back, she ran through the parking lot searching for someone to help her. When she finally spotted a car, she ran out in front of it, waving her arms and getting it to stop. Oh my god. There were two men in the car, a middle-aged gentleman and a younger guy, both of whom looked absolutely shocked to see a teenage girl with handcuffs dangling from her wrist run out in front of their car. And like, this is purely conjecture on my part, but I would think like, I would be apprehensive as fuck to get into the car of two, with two men guys. after what has happened. But, like, I'll fucking take you any of this to. point. You're yeah. like, I need to get the fuck out. Ugh, I know. <sighs> I know. I remember a couple years ago, kind of this scenario happened to a girl. Oh, shit. Where someone had kidnapped her, and she got raped, and she escaped, and flagged down a car, <gasps> and it was a guy, and then the guy raped her. No. Because it wasn't bad at, like, because people are awful, and this is why we can't have nice things. Fuck, dude. That's so upsetting. I know. When it honestly, when I first read that it was two guys, I was like, "Oh, please be cool. Yeah, please, please be nice, be guys. Like, please don't be a fucking asshole like this fucking asshole. I can't handle that." Yeah, but no, these are two good guys. Fortunately, right? Yes, amazing. Yes. So Kara told them she had just been kidnapped and that she had come from that apartment, pointing to the apartment she had been held captive in for eighteen hours. Oh she God. said, "Quote." 
It was the guy in that apartment, so remember it, end quote. Then she asked them to take her to the police, and they did. After being kidnapped and held captive for 18 hours, Kara was finally free. But the reaction she got at the Richland County Sheriff's substation was not the one she expected. Oh, get the fuck out. I'm so fucking angry. We haven't even gotten into it. You fucking should be. Ugh. Because the deputy she spoke to immediately acted like he didn't believe her. And she was like, why would she make that up? Exactly. And I have a fucking handcuff dangling off my fucking wrist. Exactly. She said, I still have handcuffs on one of my wrists. As you can imagine, Kara said it was infuriating. She had done what she set out to do, escape. But now when she should feel safe, she was being treated as though she was making it up. Her parents had filed. Can you fucking imagine? I would be you go so irate. All of this, and then again, like I talked about with Murder in the Bayou, you go to the people whose job it is to protect, protect you, you, and they're like, "You're lying." I can't even. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, I'd be like, "Well, you're arresting me today because I'm gonna lose my motherfucking shit." Exactly. And rightfully so. You fucking should lose your shit. That's fucking infuriating. Like, to have to go through all of that and then to be fucking treated like you're lying, that you're making up some crazy story. Like, literally, I fucking still have handcuffs on my fucking wrist. Are you serious right now? Also, this is why women don't report. Because this is what the... Because when you show up and you don't have handcuffs, this is how the fuck you get treated. Fucking so disgusting. I fucking hate it. I hate it so much. Her parents had filed a missing persons report and even on the report, the police listed her as a runaway. Okay, which, how many fucking people are running away? Exactly. Also, she disappeared from the front yard when she had plans to go with her friend to the lake. I'm sure the watering can was just lying there. Like, what part of that screams runaway? Seriously. Like, I'm not a fucking cop. I haven't had any training. And I'm pretty sure I can deduce that that wasn't a runaway situation. Yes. Infuriating. Literally infuriating. I just gave, like, the biggest eye roll in the history of eye rolls. Yep. And it was fucking deserved. Justified. Because this is bullshit. So the deputy called her mother to tell her that Kara had been found, and Kara said that that was the most emotional part of the whole experience. Ugh. Hearing her mom say, quote, Kara, you have Kara on the <gasps> phone. Ugh. Ugh. Mama bear. I know. When the police finally started taking her story seriously, they decided to take her back to the apartment complex before taking her to the hospital to see if she could identify the apartment she had escaped from. She told them to ask the guys who had brought her in since she had pointed it out and told them to remember, but they had both been in shock at the time and couldn't remember the oh, exact apartment. Oh, honeys, no. Also, like, you had one fucking job. I was just gonna fucking Seriously, say. I told you to remember one fucking thing and you couldn't fucking do it? Cool. Thanks. At least get across street. Right. So she agreed to go look around the apartment complex, but told the cops she knew she wasn't going to remember. She had too much stored in her brain. All the names, the serial number, the magnets. Plus, it was a pretty big apartment complex. All the apartments look alike from the outside, and she's running away quickly. Like, I assume she's probably not looking back and searching for an apartment number or, like, looking for a landmark or right. anything. She's not like, um, I need to get this for the gram Let me only, like, take notes. Like, no, like, I literally I just escaped. I'm gonna run as fast as fucking possible to find somebody to take me to the fucking cops. Especially she's like, he's gonna shoot me from the window. I need yes. to get the fuck out of here right now. Yes, that's literally her fucking fear. Oh, my God. So they're driving, the cops and her are driving around the apartment complex, and as they were driving around looking for that familiar apartment, Kara remembered something she had seen in the apartment. 
a hairbrush with long red hair in it. Definitely not her captor's hair. When police saw a property manager riding around, they stopped him to see if he could help. They gave him all the information they had. Kara described the man who had kidnapped her and told the manager about the long red hair. Immediately, he was like, yep, I know exactly what apartment that is, and proceeded to lead them straight to his front door. Fuck yes. To the apartment he shared with his wife. By the time they arrived at the apartment, however, he was gone. gone. But they were able to finally learn the name of Kara's abductor, Richard Mark Ivanitz. He was an unassuming, average-looking 38-year-old. Deputy Chief Smith said, quote, We had not heard of Richard Ivanitz. He was not on our radar at all. They never the fuck are. Scariest fucking thing. They live among us. They walk among us. And you fucking don't know. You fucking never know. They're married and they fucking seem like they're, yes, they fucking seem normal. Like, what the fuck? There's this meme that circulates that it's it's either what you think serial killers look like slash like yes. what what it looks like in movies and it's homer simpson with like a hockey mask and a chainsaw it's like yes. what they look like in real life and it's ned flanders it's like the realness of oh, that is so my fucking god correct and accurate facts facts oh, yes it's so true it's so true so the police got a search warrant and started going through his apartment They gathered as much information as they could about him, where he worked, his cell records, different cars, anything that might be useful. Then the police noticed a metal footlocker in the apartment. Inside, investigators found possible evidence of more crimes. (gasps) There was a newspaper clipping from Spotsylvania, Virginia, about the bodies of two sisters being found in the river. Get the fuck out. Yep. Kristen and Katie Lisk, who were 15 and 12 at the time, vanished from their home on May 1st, 1997. Their bodies were found in a river five days later. Police, concerned that Ivanitz had done this before, immediately called the FBI and a manhunt was launched. That's called a fucking trophy. Yup. Infuriating. I fucking hate this guy so much. They tracked down Ivanitz's family and found out that his wife and his mother were on vacation at Disney World at the time, completely unaware of what Ivanitz was up to back in South Carolina. That's like... Yup. I don't know why. It's like extra fucked up, right? That they were like a Disney, Disney World. This yes! wholesome, lovely place where yes! it's the most wonderful place on earth. Like magic happens here. Yes. Ugh. Dreams come true here. No, you're correct. That literally when anything good happens to you and you're asked, what are you going to do next? The boilerplate answer is I'm going to, to Disney, Disney World. It's so true. And this is what this dude is doing. While they're like hanging out with Mickey Mouse. Right? What the actual I fuck? agree. I thought it was extra fucked up that they were at Disney and this is what he was doing. Actually a fucking monster. Yeah. It, yeah. Extra gross. Ugh. They were both shocked, obviously, but agreed to meet with authorities. Ivanitz's sister asked to speak with detectives privately and told them that Ivanitz was in a motel about 30 minutes away. Get it. According to her, he had called her and confessed to his crimes while he was fleeing. <gasps> They immediately dispatched a team, but when they got to the room, it was empty. With a dangerous individual believed to be armed on the loose, police were determined to find him and remove the threat to the public. Finally, Deputy Chief Smith was notified that Ivanitz's phone was in the Jacksonville area and they knew he was heading south. Hmm. Four days after Kara's daring escape on June 27, 2002, the police were finally able to locate Ivanitz and a high-speed chase ensued. He was finally stopped in Sarasota, Florida, and surrounded by police. 
He pulled a gun, and when he did not comply with police, a police dog was sent in. But before the canine officer could intervene, Ivanitz put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Oh, fuck you. Yup. When Kara heard that her kidnapper and rapist had committed suicide, she was mad that he took the easy way out. She said, quote, I wanted to have my day in court across from him. I wanted him to look at me across a courtroom and know that choosing me, that was his biggest mistake. Yes. End quote. Queen. Kara. Yes. Yes. Full body chills. I just gave myself a bat because that is fucking, mm, so fucking great. Queen. So fucking amazing. Kara. I want to be you when I grow up. <gasps> For real. Queen. Uh, she's amazing. Clearly. While Kara's case was closed, there was still the damning evidence in the footlocker to investigate. Yeah. Along with the newspaper clippings about the abductions, they also found detailed notes that he wrote to himself while carefully planning the abductions. Oh my god. As well as the pressed white button-down shirt he wore during his attacks. That's so gross and fucked. It's so gross. You're right. Like the trophies, they just like... That he can... So we can relive it. Yes. be like, oh, this is what I wore when I fucking murdered these girls. Oh, I know. I know. His wife told deputies she had always wondered what was inside, but her husband forbade her from ever opening it up. Okay, okay. I'm not victim blaming, but if you share a domicile with your romantic partner, not a fucking roommate, but your romantic partner, and there's places you can't go Go? and things you can't open... Red fucking flag. Yes, I literally have in all caps right after that sentence, huge red flag. Because Girl. obviously, what the fuck were you thinking? I'd be like, okay, uh, the first time he's fucking out at work or the grocery store, I'm fucking looking in that fucking footlocker to figure out what the fuck I'm dealing with because no. I mean, and you hear it all the time. You hear fucking Jerry Brudos had his fucking like murder shed. His wife wasn't allowed to fucking go in there. Oh, you have fine. Joseph Fritzel, who was a colossal piece of shit, who kidnapped his own daughter and raped the fuck out of her repeatedly that she had his like babies oh. and her mother is in the like house and he's like, oh yeah, she ran away, whatever. <gasps> and like, she's been captured in the basement of her fucking house that the mother's not allowed to go into. Go fuck yourself. I'm not allowed to go into a place in my own fucking home. Exactly. Fuck you. No. Well, before you decide to cut uh, his wife any slack, here's what she had to say. To this day, quote, he was my husband. He still is my husband. Fuck you. And I love him dearly. Fuck you. End quote. I agree. I have no sympathy for that. Go fuck yourself. He literally raped and murdered prepubescent girls. Like, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. You should not love him. You should not care for him. He's a fucking piece of shit and a fucking liar. Sorry. There's Not a, sorry. I could even get on board with her being like, the man I loved didn't do those things slash the person he was isn't the man I loved. I can even understand that of like, yeah, he that sold like a distinction. Different, right. It's like yeah. he sold a different thing to me and like the person I married and the person I knew is who I love. Yes. And that's a separate thing from who he was. And because I don't know that person, I have a really hard time wrapping my head around that. Yeah. And you hear it a lot with like children of people who, uh, the children of like mob bosses or enforcers that they're like, my dad was amazing. Yeah. I love my dad. My dad was amazing. And it's like, your, your dad was a monster because their experience with their dad is like, he came home and brought you the toys and brought you the dresses and loved you so much. Yeah. I feel like Dennis Rader was even like, had a great relationship with his daughter. Meanwhile, he was fucking right. BTK killer. Yeah. exactly. And so I can even 
get that, but read the motherfucking room. How fucking real. Disrespectful is that to the people, to the women that he assaulted slash murdered. Yes. You could be like, I loved this person so much and I didn't realize that I didn't know this person. Exactly. A hundred percent. Because that's fair. Yes. Let's reiterate. These are also not women. These are girls. They're The fucking like oldest one is 16, 15, 12. Like, no. No. They don't defend that. They're getting a fucking, they're they're not getting a charge as an adult. These are children. Yes. The level of disrespect. And yes, and 100%. That's what it is. Because of denial. And and I'm going to say ego of how could you fucking marry, marry somebody, someone yeah. who did this because you ignored the red flags. We all fucking do it. Yeah. We all fucking do it. He was fucking convincing and he fucking put up a good front and you couldn't fucking read the fucking, the footlocker was obviously a red flag. Like you should have seen that. But like, okay, he fucking pulled the wool over your eyes. You didn't yeah. realize like what a monster he was. Still, you can acknowledge that he fucking did those things now and that he is a monster and he has been revealed to you. Don't fucking defend him to this day. And you're horrified by those actions. Yes. Like that's literally, literally the least you can fucking do. Thank you. Yes. Like the least being like, I'm so sorry I didn't know. That's literally the least. And I'm fucked up about it because I loved this person and didn't realize that that person and this person were the same person. Yeah. That's fair. That's and totally that's super fine. super human. Not being like, I mean, BT Dubs, I still love it. I still love it. And he's still my husband. No. Gross. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You're garbage. Garbage. Yeah. I did not like that. Yeah. Extra. No, because up. it's trash. She's a trash person. It's super trashy. The Foot Locker also contained notes he made while stalking two girls in Virginia. They were never approached by him, but the notes included reports on hair color, possible ages, addresses, and even times they had been observed alone without supervision. That's so gross. So gross. (sighs) Unsurprisingly, based on his possession of that incriminating article, investigators looked into Ivanitz's possible involvement with the rape and murder of the Lisk sisters. And since the Lisk sisters' murder was believed to have been committed by the same person who had abducted and murdered 16-year-old Sophia Silva on September 9th, 1996, they were trying to tie him to all three murders. All three were young girls who had been snatched in front of their homes in Virginia, killed, and their bodies disposed of in a body of water. They had all been raped, and their pubic areas had been shaved. What the fuck? Yeah, which I feel like is to make like make extra them seem, Yeah, and I want to say to like oh, make to them seem younger, younger maybe. Oh I don't know that that's God. why, but like I mean that's kind of like all I assume it is, unless it's like it's not an evidence thing because they I have was their gonna, hair, they have everything else. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't know if that was like also to like I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, it's very icky. I don't like it. My face and Amy's face. I know. I'm like literally like clutching my pearls right now. It's, it's like very. I'm very upset. Probably your face as well. Yes. To that information. That is the correct face to make. Uh, Can I make a prediction? Predict away, girl. Are they going to tie it to when his wife was out of town? Um, I don't really get into that, but I believe that it it wasn't that his wife was out of town, but he had like called off of work those days that the sisters were murdered. And like there was literally record of him not, yeah. Not being accounted for. Not being accounted for. Right. Yeah. Criminal profilers were certain the three cases were linked, but it wasn't until forensic analysis showed that hair from Richard Ivanitz 
matched hairs found on the bodies of all three girls, mm. and the blue acrylic fibers from the pair of furry handcuffs Kara had escaped <gasps> in were also present on all three bodies. <sighs> that oh they God. were able to confirm their suspicions. Yep. Miraculously, they even discovered a palm print and fingerprints matching Kristen Liska's on the inside of the trunk of Ivanitz's car five years after her disappearance. Holy shit. Yep. They, like, the people who fucking found it were like, this is actually a miracle. Like, there's really no reason we should have been able to find this five years later. And the fact that we fucking found this is absolutely incredible. Because the audacity he had was like, I don't actually need to clean my car. No, it's fine. Someone's going to find me. Whatever. Ivanitz is also suspected of a 1994 abduction and rape and a 1995 rape in Massaponics, Virginia, and Arlington police are trying to confirm whether he committed a series of rapes in the early 1990s. His first conviction came in January 1987 when he exposed himself and masturbated in front of a 15-year-old girl in Orange Park, Florida. But we were like, hey, that's not worrisome. We'll just let this guy out on the streets. NBD. He I'm, seems cool. I'm sorry, Beauty and the Beast. This is the story oldest time. <laughs> Escalating behavior is a fucking thing, and I don't know why people act like it fucking isn't. Because it's never like, well, I mean, Jim was fine. He never had, he never exposed himself to children. Right. He never hurt any animals. He never set anything on fire. He didn't have any priors. Just one day he decided to do this. That's literally no story fucking ever, ever, ever. It's always escalating behavior. And then they'll be like, oh, gee, I guess that this makes sense. Yeah. It makes me so fucking crazy. As you should, like this, did you think this was a one-off? Like he just fucking like, oh, this is gonna be funny. Let me jerk off in front of this fucking 15-year-old. Like, no, that's a fucking huge red flag. As we fucking said, like maybe fucking pay attention to that. Don't let this guy on the fucking streets. Also, like, I'm not a dude, so I don't understand how like everything works and whatever. If you are an adult... And you are popping one off to a teenager. You are a pedophile. Yes! Straight up. Like, there's no need to mince words. Yes. You're a fucking pedophile. There is a problem. And as we say in Spanish, if you don't like it, put sugar on it. (laughs) Don't know how the fuck to tell you. (laughs) I like that. Hey, girl. But, you know, we say it in Spanish. (laughs) So I'm sure it sounds better. I'm sure it sounds, rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Que leche azúcar. Oh! Yeah, that does sound better. It does. I I mean, you know. It's cute. Authorities also have talked about links to other kidnapping slash murders in Texas, Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. However, FBI.gov notes that he has either lived, worked, or traveled to 22 states from 1980 to 2002 and encourages local law enforcement to investigate whether any crimes in their jurisdiction fit the profile of his crimes. So you can only imagine how prolific this man might actually be, and we have no idea because he fucking killed himself so now we can't interrogate him to find out if he actually did some more fucking shit we're unaware of the hand is on the forehead and the jaws on the curl it's fucking yep well that's like samuel little yeah who's like who it's turned out that he's the most prolific serial killer in u.s history maybe just like and no one had it and he was just like oh by the way yeah i did this bt dubs and because he had like a photographic memory, it's like drawing. He drew the victims. 
Oh, I know. And unlike, unlike oh <laughs> they're decent drawings. They're, they're not decent like drawings, the, yeah. unlike in the fucking dead files that like the women are getting identified off of it. And it's like, uh, and the only reason it's like, I mean, you, you pinched me for this. So I might as well spell the tea that I've murdered hundreds of women. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which is so fucked up. And I obviously hate all of that, but. At least he's saying it and he didn't fucking kill himself. Yeah. Yes. A hundred fucking percent. Because that's always my biggest pet peeve with like fucking serial killers who get fucking caught. And then they're just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about everything else though. And it's like, but you could help us figure out what the fuck happened. And if we need to be still looking for people in cold cases and you know what? going to do that. At least spill the tea. And then if you want to kill yourself afterwards, have fucking at it. Thank you, Monique. Agreed. Like the, the, you know, these poor families. Yeah. They don't have any fucking closure. They don't know what happened. Exactly. Some of them are still holding out hope. That, yeah, their their family members might be out there still. Like, come on. Like, you're just... I mean, I'm also just trying to put humanity on monsters who don't have souls. Yes, that's very true. So... I know. You know what I uh, would just flash through my head that I'm really happy about? What? I don't remember this asshole's name. Good, yeah. as you shouldn't, because he's a fucking piece of shit. And all you need to remember is that Kara Robinson is a fucking badass. That's all you need to remember. Fuck this guy. He can't hurt anyone else. That's the fucking bottom line. And Kara Robinson put him in his motherfucking place. Get it, Queen Kara. Yes. Amazing. Authority said Ivanitz, who was awarded the Navy Good Conduct Medal twice during his eight-year service career, seemed charming and friendly Ugh. his wife and ex-wife his friends and his closest family members never suspected anything i'm gonna call major bullshit on that. i fucking hope so i fucking hope there was somebody who was like he's a little fucking weird and like i just like don't i think there's something and wrong with it him. could be like i didn't think it was this level yeah but you hear it repeatedly you know who the fuck turned in ted bundy his ex-girlfriend and his college professor. Yep. So all of these articles that are like, no one saw anything coming and he was so handsome and suave and whatever the fuck. It's bullshit. It's not fucking true. And the women who escaped him, they were like, very quickly I put together that there was something wrong. Yeah. That's your fucking prey instinct being like, ah, uh, nope, 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 nope. And here's the thing. There is no way, and I don't know who the fuck his wife is because she's a trash person. There is no way that a spidey sense didn't go off of why the fuck does he need to let you open this thing? Right? There's no fucking way. So for you to have the audacity to say, I didn't see anything. Bull fucking shit. You know, and it's that thing of when you're in an abusive relationship, they do the little thing. And then the spidey sense goes off and you're like, that's weird. And then you like, do a manual override of you're looking too much into a thing. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I call major bullshit on that, that no one close to him was like, I mean, I'm not super surprised. I didn't think it would be this level, but like now that I know, I'm like, mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm calling major bullshit on it. Cause consistently when you don't just look at the flashy headlines consistently, there are red flags. There There's are, always yeah, red there's flags. Signs. And it's people being like, that was weird. Yeah, I got a weird vibe. I will I will say, I mean, Kara even said he was very polite and cordial to her. And I think For he sure. was definitely 
like definitely wolf in sheep's clothing. Like of he was course. definitely like keeping it close to the vest. And However, really... the second he approached her, she was like red flag. Yep. She was like weird vibes. I feel a strange yes. feeling. Yes. Exactly. So of course they have to be like nice to get what they want. Yeah. And they put that together. But there's a thing that is smarter than you, which is your body that has been around for millions of years. And that's managed like, to survive this long. Exactly. Yep. It's like, I know, I know smarter than you. Mm-mm-mm. I know more than you. Yep. That is like, girl, no, this is a red fucking yep. flag. Run. And you don't even know why, because he was so nice to me. He was so yep. cordial. But your body's like, no, this is a red fucking flag. Yep. And I am telling you right now, you need to fucking run. Get the fuck, Get out, the of fuck out of here. Make the scene. But... All of us good girls are taught to make a scene, not take a scene, not to make the person who's going to assault you feel bad because you might embarrass them. Embarrass the fuck out of them. Embarrass them. What happens? Fine. They're embarrassed. Scream, cry, piss your pants, whatever the fuck you have to do to get the fuck out of that situation. Do it. Absolutely. Yep. So again, nobody suspects anything. He had a job, friends, a place in the community. But the truth was, despite his convincing disguise, Ivanitz was a quote-unquote, sexually sadistic psychopath who enjoyed preying on underage girls, according to an FBI criminal profiler. Yeah, obviously. Yep. Regarding Kara's abduction, Deputy Chief Smith said there was no doubt in his mind that Ivanitz would have killed her. Absolutely. Yep. Despite his, like, I'm gonna let you go, don't worry about it. Well, that's if what you do. If you go to the do... police, it's what you decide to be, yeah. Well, that's what you tell all of them. Yeah, of course. You're not like, I'm so going to kill calm. you. Yeah. So they stay calm and so you can do the sick shit you want to do. Yep. After her harrowing ordeal, Kara was determined to heal and there was one person in particular who was determined to help her recover. Richland County Sheriff Leon Lott. He met with her and her family after her kidnapping and immediately just took her under his wing and mm. treated her like a family member. Ugh. He said, quote, she was a survivor, and she was a fighter, and she was a warrior, and she wasn't going to be a victim, end quote. Get it. Yes, I'm I obsessed. know. Sheriff Lott has three daughters, and he just saw her as one of his daughters and kind of adopted her. Aww. He said he wanted to make sure she continued to be a survivor. So when she mentioned she was looking for a summer job, Sheriff Lott suggested she come work at the sheriff's department. Kara started doing administrative work in victim services and in the DNA lab and continued for a couple of years and throughout college, where she was studying to be a teacher. And while she loved the idea of being a teacher, she also loved working for the sheriff's department. So she decided to combine her two passions by becoming a school resource officer. Also, just like our girl Lisa McVeigh. Yes, queen. Yes. After graduating with her teaching degree, she joined the police academy, but never told anyone about her daring escape and how she ultimately helped authorities catch a serial killer. But then one day, during class, her instructor put up a slide with pictures of Kristen and Katie Lisk and Sophia Silva on it, and Kara just thought, oh no. Mm. She said some of her classmates looked at her, wondering if their Kara was that Kara. Mm. So at the end of the class, she went up to her instructor and said, quote, I just want you to know that Kara is me. Her instructor told some others in the Academy leadership and Kara was nominated for an award for courage and bravery. Yes, I love this so much. Kara was the only woman in her graduating class and was presented the award at her graduation from the South Carolina Criminal Justice Academy to a standing ovation. Oh my God, I want to cry so much. I I know, she's so amazing. Oh, Kara. Eventually, Kara Robinson got married and became Kara Robinson Chamberlain. After giving birth to two sons, Kara chose to leave law enforcement to stay at home with her boys. 
Since then, Kara has pursued a career in motivational speaking to share her stories and inspire others. Kara is currently working on a documentary, which she will start filming in March, and in the meantime has started filming videos for TikTok to share her story and answer questions about PTSD and how to support trauma survivors. She even shares helpful videos about how to escape if you're restrained and what to do if you find yourself in a situation like hers, saying, quote, The best advice for escape, though, is really that you have to be cognizant of what's going on, and at some point, your captor will probably let their guard down, and that's your opportunity to seize, end quote. Kara said the support and response to her videos has been astounding, and she's thankful that she found her community on TikTok, hoping to use her platform to continue to inspire and help others. I think it goes without saying that Kara is a certifiable badass, an incredibly brave and resourceful teenager who stayed remarkably calm under pressure and managed to escape from a sexually sadistic killer. She says, quote, bad things can happen, but it's not the end of the world. We get to choose when something negative happens. Do we let it destroy us or do we let it make us a stronger person? End quote. And I think we know exactly which path Kara chose. She is such an amazing, strong person, and I just love that she continues to not only motivate and inspire those around her, but also offers support to those who have been through traumatic experiences like her own. I think she's truly found her calling in life, and I know she'll continue to be an inspiration to us all. So if you'd like to follow Kara, you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at Kara Robinson Chamberlain, or you can check out her website, KaraRobinsonChamberlain.com. And that, my friends, is the truly badass story of Kara Robinson. Kara. Kara! What a queen. Holy fuck. You're amazing. Also, happy Mother's Day. Happy fucking Mother's Day to you, Kara, and to all the mamas out there. Fuck yeah. Is this a C or a K, Kara? K, Kara. Amazing. That's a very good question. Follow her on all the things. Follow her on all the things. She's awesome. Her videos are awesome. She is such a amazing, bright, wonderful person. Like all of the yes. At any time you see her speaking on any interviews or anything, like she's always just so composed and articulate and amazing. She's fucking phenomenal. I respect the fucking hell out of her. I mean, yeah, that was amazing. Holy fuck. Thank you. I thought we needed like a little a little pick me up from last week. Yeah, so. last week was a bit tough. Yeah. <laughs> picked like sort of downer stories so here's your reminder that not everything is terrible in the world and there are fucking people like Kara who continue to make this world a better place fuck yeah that was fucking amazing thank you I had not heard anything of it yeah I hadn't really either and I saw some of her videos on TikTok and I was just like she's fucking awesome and I want to get the word out and I want people to one, follow her on TikTok, follow her on Instagram because she's very motivational. She's very inspirational. And I think she's fucking great. And her documentary is filming soon. So that should be coming out at some point and keep an eye on that because Fuck yeah. it's going to be fucking great. I can't wait. Kara. Kara. Amazing. You're amazing. Holy fuck. Such a badass. Like Such a fucking badass. Holy shit. Girl. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. It, it's really easy for us and I'm sure probably for you guys that at the end of the true crime, you're like... Well, fuck. Everything's awful. I'm going to go drink a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So many people are murdered. Like, this is so fucked up. This is terrible. (laughs) Why do we do this to each other? So, yeah, I definitely feel pumped and inspired by that story. That was amazing. I feel like we all should for Mother's Day. Yeah. So, if you can hug your moms, hug your moms. If not, give them a call. Remind them how much you love them, how special they are to you. Yeah, because you know what? Like, fuck. No days guaranteed. Yep. 
So you fucking never know, man. You never know. To all the mamas out there, as a non-mother, that's the hardest fucking job in the world. Yep. And big ups and big props to you because that's a fucking tough job. And no most matter, of the time it's a thankless job, which is extra fucked up about it. Yep. Yeah. And no matter how you feel about how you're going about it, you're probably nailing it much more than you think you are. Yep. So to all the mamas out there, and also I would not that this really needs to be said, but I would like to say it. You don't have to share genetics with your baby and your and your your child didn't have to come out of you for you to be a mother. Facts. Facts. A hundred fucking percent. So to all the mamas out there, we love you. We're obsessed with you. Happy fucking Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Yes. And follow us on Instagram if you don't already. We're at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at pinupgirlmo. You can find me at lobotomy, and that's lobot, period, 80. And send us your stories. Every sixth episode is a true listener tales episode, and they're consistently our favorite episodes. I know. Because you guys bring the fucking thunder. They keep getting better and better, too. Oh, I didn't think it was so possible. Good. Send us your stories. They're so good. Send us your stories. You can send us your stories either via DM on Instagram or you can email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. And guys, but especially the mamas out there, keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.